We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another wonderful edition of Mavs Party following the Dallas Mavericks Game 5 victory over the Utah Jazz, where they beat the absolute crap out of that very frustrating team, 102-77 to in a game that somehow, some way, could have been much, much worse for the Utah Jazz. All right, my game show voice is annoying. Ah, let's get right to a team. You guys know the broad-based rules. I'll announce them here in a little bit again, though. Uh, If you want to come up on stage, hit that speaker request button. When I call your name and it makes a little funky noise in your headset, it brings you up on stage, and you are going to want to be looking to make sure that the green light lights up around, around your icon. Uh, get off your hot take, ask me questions, we'll have a little discussion, and then we'll move along to as many people as we can, because um, I want to go to bed at some point. I scheduled a meeting at 8 a.m. for some reason, like a moron, but hey, let's have a great time. Coming up first, I want to bring on my guy Christian, who is a uh, uh, wrong time zone guy like I used to be. What's up, buddy? Yeah, I and I got to drive uh, to St. Louis tomorrow, so appreciate you bringing me up. Uh, I am just so I, oh, I I c- can't control my emotions, and I'm staying in a hotel. I think the uh, the person next to me probably thinks I'm like a psychopath because I you know tend to scream, especially when I'm by myself in a hotel room. <laughs> but sure, uh, yeah, I. I know I mentioned this quite a few times, but Reggie Bullock has been just so important to this run. Um, I'm not even going to get into that first. Uh, Shout out to Reggie. He knew what he was doing all along. He knew that Jason Kidd wasn't going to take him out of the game. So he got the first or the second quarter text so he could get one later and then be ejected. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I I couldn't believe after game eighty two happened that Luca was still in there, but you know, sidebar I guess. Uh but yeah, I, I just think I mean the defense he's played has been fantastic. The shot making ability and you know, just the one guy and I know this game wasn't uh, as applicable and being like a counter puncher, but whenever uh, from the past few games, whenever Utah's making their run or hits a really critical shot, he's that guy that with the quick trigger on the way back down. Um, but, you know, I, I can't speak highly enough of him and Dorian coming to Lucas eight, even though to be fair, uh, you know, Hassan Whiteside wasn't trying to, like, push. or. No, push. that looked like he was almost trying to catch him, and then he ended up throwing him down when he missed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, the you know, I don't care. Let's just, you know, come up. Hassan Whiteside's a bad guy, and we have the good guys, and we'll just kind of stick with that. Sure. Um, but I the question I have is, this, I mean, the perimeter defense for this Jazz team is tough. Uh, but Royce O'Neal and Bojan are pretty solid. Do you think Brunson is going to be able to sustain, if not this level of success, like do you think this is going to be something that propels him and translates, whether it's a confidence thing or otherwise? Mm. Interesting. So our man Xavier – Everyone knows Xavier from these green or from these Spotify lives. Um, Mads Moneyball staffer sort of thinks that, that this is not an adequate reflection because the Utah Jazz perimeter defense is such butt. Um, I don't know. I mean, Brunson is so smart and crafty where the argument has to exist that he is going to figure out length at some point given enough time and enough, you know, experience. Uh, he's, it's not like he, it's not like he's new to being six foot one against taller guys. It's a matter of just figuring out, you know, watching enough tape. So, I mean, I think there's something there like, like basketball, we see this with, with Maxie, like even it's a confidence game to a certain extent. If you're good, it's one thing, but everybody's really good. And so like, like I hope this does boost him if, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it's strange enough. I feel like there's so many guys we have that are confidence players like Maxi, Josh Green clearly. Um when his shot went in early the other game, you know, started going down. But yeah, I I I tend to agree with your point. I think he's figuring things out and the confidence and you know at the end of the day I, I feel like he he's really kind of like last year he was still a six man um and him stepping in that starter role he really views himself as the second option and the structure uh kid is put in i think facilitates that but uh you know i i know there's plenty of people i want to speak appreciate you bringing me up brother i hope you have a great night Yep. thanks drive drive safe tomorrow talk soon okay coming up next uh from the other side of the planet sean what's going on dude one more time with the unmute Give us Sean a second here. Um, yeah, if you guys, if we'll see how long we make it before one of you guys brings up the Brunson contract. 
All right, Deshaun, I'm going to have to move on if you cannot figure out the unmute or if it's not letting you, so try to rejoin the room. Remember, guys, if you switch apps while in here, now I'm not saying like like if you go to Twitter and browse, but if you listen to something that does audio, it sometimes does not let your um, audio connect when I bring you up on stage. Okay, Mr. Pry, how are you doing, friend? Oh, man, I am on cloud nine right now. Excellent. What do you got for us this evening? Man, I, I mean, you, you said it early on, but I agree 100%. This could have been a lot worse for the Utah Jazz. If if we would have been hitting open threes, this could have been a 50-point yeah, blowout. Yeah. We could have had Boban minutes at the beginning of the fourth quarter. It was ridiculous. Point, point Boban. <laughs> I mean, they, they, were, they, they only hit 12 threes, and they took north of 40. I'm, I'm pacing around my house now, so I don't actually have the stats in front of me. No, you're fine. I'm pacing too. I, I have all this uh, pent up energy and I can't really do anything with it. Um, but yeah, just, uh, I mean, just an incredible win. I was in a space earlier on Twitter and, um, you know, people were talking about, oh, eight point game, 10 point game. You know, that's what their predictions were. And I, I was feeling a little ballsy and I was like, oh, we're winning by 30. And the guy just, whoever was hosting, kind of laughed, was like, I like the confidence, blah, blah, blah. But man, the defense was insane. I mean, Utah was missing some open shots too, just like we were. But, dude, Reggie Bullock, oh, my God, dude, three steals. And honestly, I mean, there was a, probably another two to three that he almost had that somehow got tipped back to them. But he was just everywhere tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my man. I mean, it, the defense, I'm – the defense feels like something that could be studied for a long time because it's like all they really did, if we're being honest with this team from last year to this year, is add Reggie Bullock to the mix. So personnel-wise, it's the same dudes and Reggie Bullock. Yeah. And they're obviously running a different scheme, which is important. But it's just to get this from that when we saw this team not be able to finish like ahead of like the 17th place defense, like they're really bad for two years. And yeah. now this work is just it's wild. It's wild to watch. Yeah, and uh, my last thing, because I know that you probably have a ton of people to get to tonight. Man, it'll be so nice whenever we're playing someone else that doesn't have Rudy Gobert in the paint so Spencer Dinwiddie can be relevant again. (laughs) Well, I have bad news for you. I have bad news for you. This is a problem with the playoffs is that every team is good. Um, Yeah. You know, it's like, like, uh, you know, Luca goes from playing two all-world-class wings for two seasons in a row and Paul and Kawhi to playing the defensive player, you know, a multi-time defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert. And if, you know, not to not to look ahead, but if, if the 2-2 series, you know, like DeAndre Ayton and Mikhail Bridges are unbelievable. With Jay Crowder and other people like the Pelicans, eh, uh, they have Jose, uh, God, what's his name? Alvarado, um, but, I believe. Yes. I mean, and, and he's an incredible defender. It's like, there's just dudes like this all the time. Like that's kind of, I mean, that's the point. That's why it's a playoffs. So yeah, for sure. But I, I still think that, you know, I, I would rather him, you know, drive to the lane against Aiton than against Rudy Gobert. Sure. Sure. A personal thing. I get it. No, it, it's something new at this point because I pointed this out today since December 25th, we've now played the jazz nine times, oh, which God. is, which is just too many games. Yeah. I'm tired of seeing them. That's right. Well, thanks for joining again. Appreciate you. Thanks, Kurt. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go with Deshaun again. I saw him request. We'll see if we can get the app to work this time. Sometimes technology is annoying. What's up? Hey, buddy, there we are. Kirk, what a game. But one thing 
I don't want to like get too much into this game because I think we need to keep looking ahead. The jobs are done until the jobs done. We're a team that has had we were up 3-2 last year. Sure. So, I'm yeah, so I'm not going to I'm not going to go overboard with the praises, but I mean, what a game. Like Utah shouting out uh, Luka by scoring the amount uh, on his jersey. So, <laughs> nice 77 piece from them. And uh I do think, like, uh, to the point you were mentioning about the Suns, I would rather, like, Pelicans somehow pull this off because I just have never seen a Dallas Suns game where I've had a good feeling. No, it's been since, like, the last time it it mattered was when when Dirk Nowitzki scored, like, 50 points on, on, uh, who was it? Uh, He ended up playing for the Mavs. Tim, um, shoot, this is going to annoy me. Um, when, when it was Dirk dropping 50 in a playoff game though. And it, 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 like ever since then, it seems like the Suns have had our number for like five or six years. Yeah. And Tim like, Thomas. Thank you, Daniel. Tim Thomas. Sorry. Yeah. I saw, uh, thanks. Shout out Daniel. Uh, yeah, but about, um, the Suns, the thing is they just, we've had games, good games against them, but we're up at the end of the third. They just beat us in the fourth. They outplay us like, it just happened so consistently. I remember last year, again, when we had that great run at the end of the season where we only were losing to either Phoenix or Sacramento. I remember seeing those Phoenix games and getting upset. This year, um, I think it was in December when we faced Phoenix. Again, it was a game we had in the bag. We kind of just, they played it out of us because Jason Kidd switched to a zone. I feel like Jason Kidd now is very secure in the uh, sets he set up for the team. I think we're not going to see a lot of adjustment through the playoffs also because our personnel is what our personnel is. I don't think that it gives him any more room to uh, tinker further than what we already have. So, but it's really encouraging. We're just a team that can play all all kinds of uh, opponents, no matter how they line up. Like, I know Rudy has been destroying us whenever he tries or whenever whenever Utah wants him to try. But I think we've just done a fantastic job up until now to keep safe, there are four primary offensive weapons on that side with doing our best to at least shut down three. And I think that in the playoffs, uh, especially against teams like the Jazz that have depth more than anything else, uh, I think it's a really encouraging sign. This is probably the most excited any Mavs fan would have been in the last decade. And yeah, go Mavs! MFFL for life, for sure. This series is getting me so excited. I'm, I've not been excited about playoff ball. Even last year, I wasn't this excited, even when we took the 2-0 lead. So I, I, I was just relieved, I, I think, because I had some extreme, like, I was super anxious after that last game. So this is, I'm, I'm glad you're feeling so positive. It's, it's, it's good to hear. Well, thank you for joining us. Do you have anything else before we part? Um, just Jalen Brunson contract talks. Again, uh, after I finally read all the stories, you made a very fantastic point about how aggregators work. That, But I just feel like considering the amount of reach these SEO websites have, I work, I've worked for a few of them. I know like people don't always recognize these websites, but the amount of people they reach, I just feel like it was a little bit uh, foul on Tim to file the story yesterday. Uh, so for me yesterday, but earlier today for you guys. Sure. And uh, but again, uh, I understand that the Mavericks are going to be topical yesterday, to, uh, whatever morning for you guys before the game. That's when we're the most topical. It right. gets a little 
worrying to see uh, stories like that. We already dissected it quite a bit yesterday over Twitter, so not too much. But again, I'll just keep saying, look out for us trading for Jeremy Grant somehow in a signing trade. For <laughs> I've been saying it since December that this is the best case scenario if we don't end up getting Jalen Brunson back. If Detroit has that in- interest, I don't see Grant fitting with that timeline as well. So I don't know. Like I just don't want to lose him for nothing. I'd much sure. rather keep but I don't want to lose him for nothing. Well, we'll see where that goes. I, I appreciate you you holding back on that until the very end. We'll talk soon, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. All right, let's go to all sorts of people in here. This is great. Um, Chris, what's going on, dude? Hey, Kirk, how's it going? It is going. So what was the saying in 2011? What was the saying that the Mavs had? The time is now. And all these things are just falling in our place. Luca's healthy. And I'm, you know, hopefully Mitchell's okay because I don't wish any anybody to get injured. But that right there is like a step on their throat kind of turf sign right there. We could just knock out the jazz. I wasn't in the green room for the last game. So that one point loss was obviously frustrating. But really, I was like, you know what? Forget this. I'm just forget this. I have not been worried at all in the last two days. I knew they were going to take care of business tonight. I knew they were going to whoop their ass like. So this is great. Um, silver lining, too, that there is an extra game. It's kind of like the same thing. I think the Pelicans and the Suns are probably going to go seven games. So this might be, you know, a little bit of a rhythm game because sometimes rust over rest is uh, can happen. So if we if we beat them out tonight, which I prefer, but if we beat them out tonight, then they're going to have a long layoff. So maybe that's a good thing, just get another game in there. But the, my only concern is – Somebody doing something stupid, Royce O'Neal or whatever, doing a, you know, getting one of our players injured. That's just my, that's probably my only concern. Oh, sure. like, the game. I, I think we'll win the game. That's just my concern is, um, you know, we're up by 15 with five minutes to go and somebody does something dumb and gets Luca or Jalen Brunson injured. So. I mean, we got to get, they got to get Brunson the hell up out of here. Like there was a, that, that offensive foul call, uh, that overturned a three-point shot the Jazz hit, where O'Neal just barreled into Luca's back. Like enough of this shit. Get him, get him going. Tired yeah, of and thank God. I mean, we. I think we're all what, five minutes to go. We're all. Why is Luca still in the game? Didn't you? What happened two weeks ago? And then right after yeah. that, I think Mitchell got hurt. Um, he's even talking about on, pre- pre- on the to the press that he's going to have an MRI. So I mean, it's obviously something that will affect him. He, he might not even play in the game on. On Thursday, but thank God, us Mavs fans here, that we do not have to go in two days with a loss and just be festering and lingering. Just that would suck. Like the whole week would be ruined if that should happen. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Feel great. So, um, lastly, um, oh, that, that was pretty much it. Yeah, like, and there's a lot of people coming up there, but I'm just happy. Uh, my worst case scenario as a Mavs fan is if it goes seven games, I'm going to go to the game Saturday. So. Sure. I've been talking about this. Like, if it does go to a game seven, if they give Dallas another fucking day game, I'm sorry, I'm cursing so much. <laughs> like, like, it's not fair because, like, you're playing a Thursday night game and then you, you play, like, you get a day's rest on Friday and then you get up and play at a time that's not normal. These guys get on their, like, like it's sort of a circadian rhythm thing. Like, yeah. the, the Mavs, the two games they've lost in this series have been games that they don't play at normal times. It's, it's driving me nuts. Yeah, but lastly, yeah, my thing is I, I hope we go to the second round just just knock them out Thursday because I do want to go to another game because I've gotten the 
the wife's giving me the, hey, you need to tone it down on going to the games kind of things. Sure. <laughs> I got to say sure. one game per series. Uh, that's all I can do. So, yeah. <laughs> like eating into the kids' college funds. Can't do that. All right, Yeah, because I have to bring my son, too, so that costs extra <laughs> money. We got hotels. We got Waffle House. We got Papa Do's. I, I do all these the same things every time I go to a game. So, yeah, I got to tone it down a little bit, the wife said. So. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. All right. Talk soon, Chris. Yes, sir. Go Mavs. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to uh, Josh. Hey, Josh, what's up, buddy? Hey. Yeah, yeah? Um, that kind of game. <laughs> um, first off, um, Mitchell in the post game, they asked him, um, how the hamstring was, and you know, is he worried about, um game six and he just was like nope i'll be there um yeah he asked out because he was getting his ass beat is my kirk take from this you know it occurred to me it occurred to me he's kind of he's kind of like he's just so dramatic oh you know what i call him he's Dwayne wade sent through a fax machine like nine times where he thinks he's Dwayne Wade, only he is missing the parts that make Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade. I, nah, I, Mitchell's one of the players I like least because he's incredibly media trained. He says all the right shit and it flummoxes reporters because it, it's like, you look at it and you're like, well, he just said a thing that's a really good quote. And it's really hard for me to turn around and be like, hey, so what about your escort service and guiding people to the rim that you've been having going on for six games now? <laughs> Well, what's up Mountain with Time Monta Ellis, Hayden Schwartz. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. That is. Really Thank nice. you for that. <laughs> uh, what's up with him this post game? Just kind of being regular and is, uh, you know, still still having his jersey on. And the other one, like reading reading the box score and all the and all the post game notes with his glasses and like in a win and it just yeah there's something about him that irks me as well but um but good thing we don't have him on the team another post game note sure we dodged another Stan Van Gundy game man i yeah mm. <laughs> i'm glad we have this you know gray nails not bad and uh, Didi Spiros. Oh, that man can't say names correctly. I can't handle. I can't handle it. He's like Reggie Bullock. Like he, no, it's Bullock. Say Reggie Bullock. It's like the guy who who would call Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle. It's like no, that's not his name. Call him that. Like call him what his name is. You're an announcer. You say words for a living. I mean, he oh. is a he is a distinguished handsome looking gentleman who I'm a of... speakist for a living like this. <laughs> what are we doing uh yeah he uh but you know it beats the hell out of listening to Stan Ming and sure um the only thing we could wish for is Hubie Brown um my favorite but uh sure. other than that to comment on the defense what's the difference aside from having acquired Bullock is the defense when the team is psyched to support each other and be together and they're being optimistic and sticking with each other, you know, through, through, you know, what was a little bit of a disheartening loss, 
last game. Um, they've done it all season. And and sometimes defense, not sometimes, a lot of the times, I just think that defense is a, is effort and communication and support as opposed to people getting down on each other. So I think that the Mavs are doing a good job of it. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a, a tough one, I think, in in Utah because whenever a team gets blown out, um, they want to come back with a vengeance. So I think it's gonna be uh, a wild ride. Uh, you know, uh, fasten your seatbelts, go Mavs, and thanks a lot, Kirk. Perfect, buddy. Thanks for joining as always, Josh. Talk soon. Um, we have too many dudes in here. Need to get some more ladies up in the chat. Um. We'll figure that out, though. Any women, women would like to talk, we'd love to have you up on stage. I'll give uh, preference to to any thoughts because it's just a dude fest. Speaking of that, uh, another man who I enjoy talking to most nights, Drew. How are we doing, friend? Hey, Kirk. How you doing? I am uh, great. What's going on? Yeah, uh, plus 32 in 33 minutes. That's Luke and I. That's hard to do. Pretty good. Yeah, and 33 minutes plus 32. But, you know, it was, I'll tell you what, though, the, the team defense was – that was the key to this story because, uh, you know, uh, Dallas only shot 28% from three and 43% from, from two for the, of the game. It, it wasn't like – the offense really didn't – you know, I mean, the offense was mediocre. Let's play it honest, but the defense was just out of this world. Certainly was, man. Certainly was. I had a great time watching it to the point to where it was. It's just such a grindy effort. Um, it's so yeah, and you bizarre. saw some tired legs out there. I think on three for Dallas. Absolutely, like, you did. And that's I, where I'm it's glad crazy. Reggie got that technical because he needed rest. Because he Reggie was not shooting a three well tonight. He, late in the second half, he had a couple of key ones there, but really he, he had a lot of misses and. And mm-hmm. I think, that, yeah, I was I was glad to see him go because I think he needed he needed the minutes uh, off, you know. So I was that wasn't a bad thing, I don't think. Absolutely, and I'm sorry for your boy, Mister Mister Green is now six of twenty two from from the field. This he playoffs. didn't, yeah, he didn't, he didn't shoot it well. But the thing about it is, is the, the one thing I can say for, for Mister Green is he shot the ball well when he needed to, when 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 it was crunch time and they needed him. Well, he's going to keep getting you know? thrown out there. Is the thing they yeah. need you know, his this, minutes. They just need him. Yeah. And this game it was, you know, he was missing a lot of shots, but you know, it really didn't matter. They were up thirty. You know, it wasn't. It was. These were not. But like I said, in crunch time in that game too. I mean, he hit some key, some big shots. You know, that uh, kind of thing. But he's got some time to work on. I really think he's going to work on work on a lot of that this off season. I think next year is going to be a, a breakout year for him. I mean, I, he's just shown me so much improvement from you know just from here that and and like I said, he'll he'll be twenty one, turning twenty two that next year, and that's that's when you really start to to shine in the NBA, really. You know, unless you're Luca or you know or somebody crazy like that. You know, for sure. Yeah, yeah, Luke is not even real. Like I, I his no. fifteen game, his fifteen game playoff averages are thirty two, nine and nine. He was one <laughs> point away, one point away, one missed free throw away from joining uh, Jordan and and Chamberlain and some of these other ones is being has having five hundred points is for fifteen uh, playoff games. Oh my that's, gosh, that that's pretty wild but yeah i'll let somebody else talk i just wanted to i just that blew me away the 30 plus 32 and 33 minutes that's just crazy sure sure all right uh, thanks so much we'll talk soon you got it 
All right, now we have a special guest joining us, uh, I believe, live from the American Airlines Center. You guys know him as Mark Stein. Um, how you doing, Mark? Welcome to the show. I'm going to have to tease Mr. Stein if he doesn't uh, know how to unmute himself within the app that he also runs regularly. We'll give him a second, though. Um, Sorry, my friend. I've never uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm rusty at guessing <laughs> How you doing, Mark? How was the game tonight? We, we, it, you got like, like where you sit is is unlike any other place to see a game. So, so I want to hear what what it was like, you know, what it's like covering a game that close, and what it's like being, you know, is Lucas' first home playoff win. So, so tell us about it. The first thing I would say is the crowd was really hyped. I mean, I, you know, I it was very noticeable to me, like from the jump, the crowd was buzzing. And I actually, I thought Utah would be more hostile. I hadn't been to Salt Lake in a long time, but games three and four, the noise level in Utah was kind of not what I was expecting, and this was a lot louder. But look, man, you're absolutely right. I mean, the seats, you know, old people like me complain because the seats used to be even better than where we are now. I mean, we used when I started, we were actually on the table and you, you know, I always say that that's like the best seat in sports when you can feel like you can just reach your arm out and touch the game. But we still, uh, in Dallas, we still have a damn good. You would have thought that, that Cuban would have been the first person, the first team guy to turn those seats into sellable, but knock on wood for whatever reason, We've kept four rows, you know, on either side of the on either side of the hallway to the back, and so yeah, sitting down there, you see, you know, you see all kinds of stuff, trash talking. Obviously, we had a little scrap tonight at the end. That was something. I wasn't. Do you think? Are there going to be any uh, uh, ramifications from that? Because stepping I, out I on don't the floor think so. No, no. It looked. I mean, look, I didn't, I, I can't, I didn't keep an exact track of, you know, was it only the five guys on the court and did anybody, you know, did anybody breach the benches like they're not supposed to? So I, you know, I, I would probably need a longer look at it to know for sure. Uh, yeah, they just but, they um, walked down the baseline. They never actually stepped on the floor. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> the actual skirmish was really nothing. Um, but, you know, did anybody leave the bench areas that wasn't supposed to i think that's you know that's a possibility right right well it was it was really something to watch on on television the whole experience because you know the the mavericks like the the crowd noise is is just one of those things you start to notice more in playoff games where the the announcers kind of have a hard time talking to each other and the crowd was was really was really something which was kind of a delight to see because it was, it's been a little bit of a concern with folks who joined this green room that we talk about regularly is like folks just getting kind of priced out of playoff tickets. And the Mavericks have done such a good job, like making sure that like their hard, like their hardest core fans have a shot at buying these tickets. So it's, it's great to hear like, like just such loud crowd noise. Well, um, what else did I want to ask you now that you uh, that you've actually joined the room? I've been, it's funny, guys. I, I've been bothering Mark to to uh, join our rooms for like I don't know six months, and it's hard to do it when you cover all these games. Um, is is there any any other particularly um, up close insights that that you have for us that that we might not have been picking up from from the TV that you feel comfortable sharing? 
Hold on a second. I'm having technical difficulties. Can you guys still oh, hear Oh, yeah, me? we can hear you well. What about me? Did, did, did I, did can my... someone say they he- are hearing me? Can I see it in the chat room? Because, like, I'm yes, we to hear you guys. We can hear you. Yeah. Can you not hear me? That's so weird. You guys say you hear me. I hear nothing. Um, but you can't hear us. So I'm going to... great audio. Gonna, uh, well, maybe we'll assume Mark this back is up. Okay. Yes. Um, Man, I'm having issues. Kirk, can you talk real quick just so I can know that I hear you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, look for my name around the icon. Can you hear me? No. Mark can't hear any of us. All right. This is just – this is delightful. I'm going to reconnect in a minute. <laughs> okay. I can't come back. Any, I, you guys can hear me, but I can't hear you. So give me – I'm going to hop off and get back on. All right. This is just great audio. In the meantime, I want to write up, uh, Raul, you get to follow Mark Stein. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Hit the unmute button for us and talk. I think that is what happened, Lyndon, that is, is AirPods ran out of battery. Oh, oh man, I, I, I don't want to be the guy that follows Mark Stein. But... Oh, hell, it's fine. This is all, this, <laughs> you know, look, it's all, it's all democratization <laughs> of radio. What do you got for us, Raul? And then I'll invite Mark back up. Um, so, uh, so I'm like... T- I mean, you can't say much about tonight's game. It was, it was a great game. You know, I didn't, I didn't get to watch all game three because I was at the FC Dallas game. But I did watch the second half of that game, and they felt like uh, kind of some of the continuity with game one, two, and three and trying to incorporate Luke into that. And it just kind of fell off a little bit, especially Luke not being completely healthy. And then tonight, it just felt like Mavs were back in regular season mode. Like Mavs had the second best uh, defense throughout the regular season and he showed today so like I don't want to get him ahead of myself but I feel like we can make it to the finals like because it's something the math showed in the their past two finals appearances with Avery Johnson in 06 we made it to, to the finals and then we had Tyson Chandler 11 we made it back to the finals so I don't want to get ahead of myself but yeah, I feel like it's something we can accomplish you know, I don't want to say we're going to make it, but I think we're capable of it, especially when if the Suns struggle against the Pelicans. Man, just watching that series is a lot of fun because there's a lot. It's it's basketball is just one of these, these sports where any given night, given the right game plan and, and some things going your way, you can win. And that's why we watch most nights. And it's just kind of crazy to see the Suns that won. I mean, they won a ton of regular season games, seeing them struggle like this and, you know, j- Chris Paul, who's roughly my age, like getting, you know, he, he might be banged up again. He had a rough game. Booker's just a lot of things that can. That's why it's like we're all screaming for kid to take Luke out of the games. It's like you don't want something weird to happen again. Um, but I, I agree with you. This defense is is unreal in a way that I have a hard time contextualizing it, where I have to kind of go ask much smarter people than I how the heck they're making it work because it's like Dwight Powell, but you know, protector of the paint. Like that seems like what? That's just bizarre. What else you got for us, Raul? Uh, well, yeah, just to add on, like, Powell's, like, he looked like kind of like the Kimbe Mutombo out there. And, like, Luca's not the best defensive guy, but the way that kid has him in, on defense, like, he's pretty solid. And he's not, like, a weakness where other teams might, like, look for that matchup and attack him. Well, and he really helps control the glass. Like, when he puts a body on somebody, he's, he's essentially a tight end throwing a block. And he had a couple of times tonight where he threw his big old butt and hit somebody at Prin and then got a rebound. I mean, he had 13 boards tonight. He uses all over the place. It was great. Yeah, it was incredible to watch. Well, thanks for coming, Kirk. 
Sure thing, Ralph. Talk soon. Okay, we're going to invite uh, Mark back up on stage. Um, he, he might have uh, moving around the American Airlines Center where the internet, I'm assuming, can be spotty because I've never actually gone as a media member. Um, probably shouldn't either. Mark, hit that unmute button for us. He's hopping around in the chat. This is uh, top-notch audio for, for those of you who are listening for the first time. But that's the way live radio is. Um, he, he's he's probably fumbling around with the apps. I know. I think Mark does these from his desktop, which I have the option to do that as well. Um, and I never know, never do it because sometimes it doesn't uh, it doesn't respond. Um, all right, let's try this one more time and see, and maybe he will uh, he will join us on stage there. Now, Please tell me it works. Did there it work? We go. It worked. Work? Yes. Man, I'm struggling. No, uh, hey, happened to me too. I was on I was on your show and my boss called me. <laughs> so yeah, so the last question I had for you before things went dark on your end with the audio was like what, what any other like like up close and personal insights that, that you can tell us for, for that you feel comfortable sharing. Mark, gotta hit the unmute button. Man, this is uh this is great. Unable to hear Mark again. All right, Mark. We will uh, we will try it again. Um, maybe a little later. It's okay. Everybody's excited. That's all it is. We're just excited about the big one. Dylan, what's up, buddy? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Kirk? Um, oh, we're uh, just carrying on here. Come a little closer to the mic and tell us. Tell us what you got tonight. I mean, I just wanted to build off that last thing that you just said. I mean, the defense is insane. Like, I'm trying to wrap my mind around how it's working because we play – we have our guards go so far out and play so tight on um, whoever's handling the ball. Then you think, like, Dwight Powell and the paint or whoever's hanging in the paint, you know, it's just somebody's going to get blown past and they're going to get a lob to Rudy, like, almost every time, hypothetically. But it never happens. Everybody collapses in and just funnels any, everything into the paint, and then they have to like pass it out, and we're closing out. Just insane. But um, we look good so far. Tonight was awesome. Yeah, I, I keep expecting like a breakdown to happen, and of course it does, like in stretches. And we saw like you know, kind of the post All Star break. Mavs were a little lethargic on defense. A lot, not a lot of the the. But now the commitment to the bit, like it's it's like they're all on a string where there's help and recover, help and recover. It's the sort of stuff that it's 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 inspiring. Um, I still, at the same time, I still don't understand how it works. Like Dorian has really taken a step. It's great. It's 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 amazing. Like I, I know he's not an all defensive player candidate within the two teams, but if you were to kind of stack like the top twenty NBA defenders, team defenders, things of that nature, he would be he would be in the mix. He's really important to what Dallas does. Same with Reggie. What do I think happens in game six? I mean, if if Donovan Mitchell can't play, then the Mavericks don't have any excuse other than to go out and win because he's their offensive engine. Um, Mike Conley looks as old as he is, uh, and Rudy doesn't have post moves. So that's that's kind of the gist. Everything it was on 
Utah's side coming into game five and the pressure really was on to Dallas and I was expecting a much closer game. Utah's got it back. They're seeing a potential. They're obviously not looking at the Pelicans going into um, this game, but I mean, there's just a huge opportunity here and Dallas absolutely um, closed that door and it feels like it's back on Dallas. Um, and all the pressures on Utah. So I'm just looking forward to seeing what happens. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks, Dylan. We'll talk soon, okay? Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Um, I see Mark in the chat again. Uh, should we try it one more time? Just uh, give it the old, uh, you know, it's kind of like Lucas shot shot attempts. Like you want him to keep shooting because eventually it's going to go down. Um, and we'll see if Mark's uh, connection will work. Um, maybe not. Mark, how are we doing? Does the unmute? Praying that it works this time, does it? You, you sound great. Well, I'm on the move now. I left the arena. That might that might have helped. We have callers after most games who are on their way home, and and the the, the connection's not bad. So I, the last question I had for you before it cut off was, do you have any other kind of insights into to what was up close that we might not have been able to pick up on TV? Well, look, I mean, I think you hit on one of the main things. I mean, Luca had nine of those rebounds in the first half. I mean, they really hit the boards. You know, Utah, the first couple games was a massacre the other way. So, I mean, if they rebound like that when they're also scrambling around, getting Utah off the three-point line like they have, I mean, that's that's a near-perfect combination. But the biggest thing, I thought Luca just moved so much better tonight i mean he he went for 30 and 10 in salt lake but you could see his movement wasn't anywhere near as fluid as i think it was tonight and i think that's exactly why the mavs wanted him to come back in game four i know a lot of people were saying you know what he should wait till game five uh you know game four was kind of a free swing but uh, Jason Kidd, I think he anticipated that it was going to be somewhat bumpy to work Luca back in for the guys to readjust to the way he plays. And I think they just wanted to get through all that in game four. And I just thought he and Brunson played off each other so much better tonight. And it looked so much more natural like like they did for much of the second half of the season. Whereas, you know, it, it was, even though they should have won game four, and even though I'm sure that that last two-minute report made everyone insane to see that the foul wasn't called when Mitchell ended up with a three-point play that cut it to one that set the Mavs up for the devastating ending. I mean, it, it, it was not nearly as smooth in game four as it looked tonight to me. Well, I appreciate you trudging through and taking some time out of your night to, to talk with no, us man, here. No, I'm staying. I'm here now. I got it working. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I don't need to. I don't, I don't need, I don't need, I mean, you can bring up anybody you want. This is your room. Run it the way you want. But as long as, as long as the connection works, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, if you want to hang out on stage, guys, I normally don't let anybody hang out. I just bring people up. But if you want to chime in, uh, you know, you hit the, hit the mute thing and we'll, uh, we'll cycle through some of the guests. And if you want to throw on, uh, let let us know. Yeah, I know everybody likes Mark Stein more than Kirk. It's, it's, this is, I'm shocked. All of you, all of you here. I do not. I do not. I like Kirk more than. There's 341 of you. All 341 of you need to go to Mark Stein's Substack and sign up and pay for it because it is worth the money. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to bring up some more people here. Mark, you hit that mute because 
little bit of background noise and then yep. chime in whenever you feel like it. Um, long-time listener uh, and many-time caller, Henry. What's up, buddy? What's going on? You are officially chopped liver in your own Oh, I know. Josh, Josh Bo, my, my podcast host and much smarter basketball analyst than me, is like, well, I... He's like, I, I, I'm, you're too big time for me. It's like, no, Josh, you're the smart one. I'm just here, and that's that's just the way things got. You know, I just, I, I, I'm a volume shooter. Josh is much more of a, Josh is much more the Luka Doncic. I, I am the the Jordan Clarkson. So what's up? <laughs> uh, just a couple quick things. Um, I'm not sure if we're seeing eye to eye on Reggie's minutes. Like, I'm looking at the box score. He only played. 31. Oh, because he got ejected into the sun. But before tonight, he played 45 minutes per game. Ah, okay, that's that's fair. That's my my theory is that he got ejected on purpose because kid won't take him out. <laughs> um, and also, man, I man, Donovan's shooting numbers this series: uh, thirty-eight from the floor, twenty percent from three. Um, a quick quote from Dorian Finney-Smith: um, I guess Donovan gave him some props on the defense he's playing on him, and he basically said, "Appreciate that. I, I hope he keeps struggling." So I thought that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that one. That's good. That's <laughs> that real good. Quote. Uh, but, yeah, that's all I got, Mark. You, uh, you and Kirk, take care. Right, thanks, Henry. Appreciate your time. Um, okay, let's go with my man Chandler. What's going on, Chandler? Hey, real quick, real quick, real quick, if you want it. You know, I uh, I did spend a lot of my post game watching Mitchell. You know, he was limping pretty bad to and from his interview. He ain't moving great. He says he's going to be fine for game six. It's a hamstring. He sure didn't look fine tonight. So I, you know, I guess we'll get a better handle on the severity tomorrow. The Jazz are going to give him an MRI. They're obviously flying back tonight. He'll get looked at tomorrow. But um, it's interesting. I I actually got to do a quick visit with Dorian after the game for my uh, my quick post game hit for Bally, and um, he predictably took none of the credit. You know, said it was all team scheme and everything, but uh, you know, for a guy, you know, he he had an incredible year defensively. Mitchell walking out of here with nine points, it's probably as as, as I'm guessing as good as it gets. I can't imagine, I can't imagine Kirk Henderson would be any happier with the with the box score line we saw for Mr. Mitchell tonight. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm going to be eating crow about Dorian Finney-Smith until the end of time. And that's okay. I like eating crow. It's delicious. Chandler, what do you got for us? Yeah, I was at the game. It was pretty awesome. Uh, I felt good because I've been at two home games last playoffs, and, of course, they lost both of them. So I felt like, you know, it was nice to get a a home playoff win. Lucas' first home playoff win. You were there. You're going to be able to tell people that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Uh, So, I mean, I think, you know, it's pretty awesome watching this team play. It's pretty clear. You know, Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, Bullock. I mean, these are, you know, all hustle-type players for sure. Um, and that's fun to watch. And I maybe I'm just a simple basketball player, but it just seemed that every time Gobert got the ball, you know, close to the basket, it was a dunk. And I don't know. How much? How much of the is the fact that they just can't get him the ball, and how much of that is on Gobert? Because before the series, I would have told you I would love to have Gobert on this team next year, you know. But now, if he can't shoot at all, and he can't doesn't have good touch around the basket to get the ball, like I'm not even sure if I want Gobert on this team, which is something I wouldn't think, you know, a week ago. 
I, I understand that trepidation. I think one of the challenges of analyzing this, anybody that's watched basketball a long time, like Luca makes the like makes the hard look easy, and he's unbelievable at his passive pass placement. Mitchell is sloppy. Mike Conley's pretty good, but then that's kind of the extent. Like it, it, it took them to this game, or really last game, where it's like, hey, we should use the seven-one guy in a pick and roll. It's, it's, it's very odd. I, I think it's got to be both. Um, I will say I've had lots of jazz fans tell me that he has pretty rough hands. Um, but but I, I don't rebounds. know. Yes. Okay. That, see, that's a good counter. That's interesting. Because like, like, rebounds, ball hawking. Like, you just go get the ball. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing is that obviously you can see the effect on Luca because, you know, the whole running joke on Twitter was like, oh, Powell's going to score now because we have Luca. And what do you know? Powell's you know, useful on offense yeah. now, you know, and that wasn't the case in the first three games. And now he's good and usable even against Gobert, you know, and that's the crazy thing. You know, I mean, I'm, I know he scored on white side too, but. Um, well, I mean, it's still, it's like, those are two big centers. They, yeah, they he, he, all year. You know, white side is like, you know, B, B minus Gobert anyway. Right. So he's off brand Gobert. So exactly. Um, <laughs> Great value, Gobert and Hassan Whiteside. That's brutal. I love that. I mean, hey, I'm flying high off the wind. And just, just well, it's like the guy earlier who 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 referred to Donovan Mitchell as Mountain Time Monta Ellis. I'm just like, where everybody's on fire in here tonight. The crazy thing is, I still felt that. Is, am I crazy for thinking Lucas still felt labored and he had like 30 well, points easily? I, see, that's the challenge. Like, I remember when Luca hurt his calf, I was like, oh, he's fine. Because Luca always looks like that. He grimaces that's up and I'm down saying. the floor. I couldn't tell if it was bothering him or not. I just. I, I have a I have a six year old who runs in the walls and is everything, and he's all, and I can never tell if he's actually hurt. And it's the same thing with Luca. It's just like, are you hurt or are you injured? And he's like, eh, just making the red faces. It's great. I mean, I love it either way, so. Well, thanks so much, Chandler. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. Yep. Thanks, Talk Kurt. soon. All right, coming up next, then, we got Jeremy. You've been waiting a while. What's up, buddy? Hey, Kirk. How you guys doing? I'm having a great night. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I, I know this isn't so much about the playoffs, but I had a question because I really do think this coaching staff has done a really good job of getting these guys to play hard. Do you think Sean Sweeney is going to be a hot commodity? Is, is he going to be somebody we're going to lose in the offseason? That's a good question. I have no idea. I will say that those two have been tied through each of kids' three coaching stints now. Um, I don't know. I thought he's done a pretty – Do you want me to chime in here, sir? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look. Sweeney is the lead assistant here. The only way the Mavs would lose him is if he gets a head coaching opportunity. I do think he's going to get a head coaching opportunity down the road. I don't think it's going to happen in this coaching cycle. So I don't see any way the Mavs would lose him in the short term. But eventually, I do think he will get his shot. And it wouldn't shock me if, you know, he's starts getting in the interview mix. I mean, if you remember when Jamal Mosley was here, you know, he interviewed for a number of jobs before he, he, before he fight. And I almost uh, live got run over by somebody while I'm on this call. That would have been interesting. Uh, Somebody almost veered right into me, but I skillfully dodged it. 
Well, that's good to know because these sorts of, like, I don't know. This is the first year, and I've been following Steam for 22 years, and going back in the last five or six where I've just never paid attention to the assistant coaches, like, ever. Like, you know, Carl never let anybody talk, um, at least not stuff that I remember regularly. And so it's like, you know, we kind of this year – we as fans kind of know the coaching staff past um, God, Sham God. And that's really interesting to me. And so it's like all these fans know Sweeney. And the, so it's, it's, that's what you know, it's, it's, it's a, when, No, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. I just, I ramble. No, I was just saying people questioned whether the Mavs would be effective. Were they, would they be able to be effective defensively in the playoffs? And look, Utah is an offensively challenged team as we all know, so this doesn't, like, prove everything. But, I mean, today was a master. This was a defensive masterpiece tonight. I mean, absolutely. I, I After with, – with how tired I kind of assume the team would be that they've strung this together is pretty important. Jeremy, what else you got? Not much, man. Uh, I think uh, there's other people online. I just wanted to get that question out there. I was curious as to your guys' thoughts, but go Mavs. Thanks so much, buddy. Talk soon. Um, let's see here. How do we have more people? Mr. Williams, welcome back to the show. How you doing, buddy? Hit that unmute button for us and tell us what you got. I like that 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 uh, Luke or that Dallas jersey you got in your profile picture there. See if the unmute button will work for him, and if not, I'll invite Mo up a little bit later. Um, all right, we'll try again in a little bit, Mo. Um. Leo, hey buddy, what's up? Uh, have a uh, good night, Mr. Kirk and Mr. Stein. I was just wondering from both of you, uh, what is the what is the league's perspective on the Mavs right now? Do they think we're dangerous? Do they think this is just the perfect matchup that we had against the Jazz's defense and offense? Uh, Mr. Kirk from like HP Basketball and Mr. Stein from what you've heard around the league. Uh, I guess since I'm unmuted, I'll answer first. I will say that like people who bet and do stuff for a living, I think. There's a path for the Mavericks to make the Western Conference Finals right now. Um, and past that, I, I I still don't think a lot of people know what to make of these Mavericks. <laughs> what do you think, Mark? Yeah, look, they still got to win the series first. I know everybody wants to jump ahead and, you know, there's kind of a pre-celebration when you run away with Game 5 and everybody knows the stats, I'm sure. When you win Game 5 in a best-of-seven series, I think it was 82% coming into tonight, Mavs. 6-0 and at home now in game fives, but they still got to finish it off first. But yeah, look, the op- if there's no Booker in the second round, the opportunity is certainly there to get to at least the conference finals. Um, but I don't think the league is, is paying a massive amount of attention to, to, uh, to what the Mavs are doing just yet. And I think you do have to, there is a difference between the league slash and then the betting community. That's two different sure. things. So no, that's um, true. Um, but look, Luca's back now, and that makes a huge difference. I mean, you know, national interest is going to zoom with Luca back. So, um, the, I will say this series does seem to be a bit of a basketball nerd's heaven because there's a lot of like adjustments and counter adjustments and things that have worked because Luca's been out. And then, really, the kind of comparison point is the Jazz, who just I don't know. They might be the definition of insanity at this point, just doing the same stuff over and over again. It's interesting. All right. Who is next? Jesse, it's been a long time. Welcome back to the show. What's up, everybody? Oh, How my are you, God. friend? 
I just got back from the game, <clears throat> excuse me, and it was crazy. The coolest thing, the crowd was so into it. Um, there was like a uh, chance for Boban. Like the, there was, once the game was over, the streets were just like, just chance and just, it felt like going to a football game in Did Europe. Did you see like, the, was, was, have you seen the Michael Irving video yet? No. He was at the game, like, losing his mind out in the concourse with, like, like ripping at his Luka jersey. It's great stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. And, like, a lot of people were there. Troy Aikman, like, a uh, uh, bunch of football players. Mahomes, Kyler Murray. Like, they were all right next to because we were on the lower level. So, like, we were, like, right in front of – or they were right in front of us. It was, it was wild, but – it was so much fun. There was so I was really impressed with the Mavs fans like really getting at it. Um, but yeah, like you know, it was a defensive masterclass. It was amazing. I have not seen us. I think we held them to the lowest three point percentage for any team to shoot under uh, or to shoot over twenty five threes in a game. So in, in playoff history, which is crazy. So I don't know. It was just a super fun time and. Uh, my friend just randomly was like, Hey, do you want to go to the Mavs game? And, and we were like in 122. I was like, Yes, that's great. So well, good for you. That's a great time. Yeah. I need to go to a game. I just don't go to games because I just don't want to drive downtown. We should go to a game. When yeah. was the last time you were at a game? Oklahoma City uh, versus Dallas earlier this year. Um, they won, but it was a grind fest. It was like one of those first games where Lucas started venturing back into the paint. I don't know. It was ripe. It was in December, I think. That was the first time I'd been in like 20 years. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I saw a number of games when I lived in D.C. That's not true. This first game at AAC since I was in high school. <laughs> wow. You never go in I press? just don't. I mean, it's it's easier for me to quarterback coverage from home. And plus, I also don't know what I'm doing. And Rick Carl yelled at me the first time I went. And I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> okay, so what, what, tell Tell me your Rick Carlisle story. Uh, New Year's Day 2013 or 2014, I got I went to practice just to kind of – and I didn't realize when the media had left, and Rick was like, what are you still doing in here? And it was New Year's Day, and I was like 25, and I had had a little too many the night before, so I was hungover. And it was just like freaked me out. Um, and that was back when I worked with our mutual friend Brian Gutierrez because um, he went to high school with me too. Uh, back, uh, back in the day. And I, I was just like, it wasn't, and then I was like, I don't know how Eddie Sefko was there and a bunch of other, and I was like, how do you guys do this every day? This is really hard. <laughs> it's like, a, so that was my Rick Carlisle story. And why did he yell? Oh, so he just yelled at you because yeah, I was in the gym and I didn't leave work. and I didn't know I was supposed to, cause I was talking to David Aldridge and then like watching Vince Carter and Dirk Nowitzki have a three point shooting contest. So just me being dumb and not, not no situational awareness is, is the answer. So. Gotcha. Well, I mean, look, there's a long line of writers who got, who have been yelled at by Rick Carlisle. <laughs> That's what Aldridge told me in the hallway when I went outside and I was just like, oh, I don't know if I should ever go to this stuff again. Um, but yeah, Jesse, Jesse, what else you got for us? Uh, another thing, like when the fight broke out at the game, uh, or whatever the the kerfuffle or whatever you want to call it, um, the the crowd like the booze in the crowd for Hassan Whiteside were deafening. You couldn't hear a single thing in the in the entire arena. They were just booing him, 
it, it was just a super intense. I've been to a lot of sporting events in my time, but it was one of the most like electrifying things. It was just really fun to watch. So, um, yeah, you definitely need to go to a game. Mark Kirk, Yellow Legends, I appreciate it. Y'all have a good night. Thanks, Jesse. Talk soon. Uh, go find Jesse down there. I'm pretty sure he still does a show with Mads lead. Um, and Mark, feel free to just vamos whenever you want to, because I'll be talking to these folks still late. Um, but you're, you're welcome. Of course to say, Daniel, welcome. I'm, I'm going to step off briefly and then I'm going to come back. So I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to see this thing. To the, I want to see how long you can take this thing, but I, I have to, I have to handle a quick clerical matter and I'll be, I will be back shortly. Yes, sir. Daniel, what you got for us? Well, uh, now I kind of feel a little bit bad that Mark's like, I come up and Mark's like, oh, got to got to scram, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like, it's like Mark's like, oh, I want to hang out on your show. Okay, sure. Sounds yeah, great. no, that's that's awesome that he's doing that. Like, it's really, really cool to get like a big Mavs guy. Like, that's really close. To like an actual media yeah. person. Yeah. Versus me. Versus, just, well, I mean, I appreciate what you do because, you know, it's like a hobby and you're not affiliated with the team in any way. So you just kind of let it fly. <laughs> that does get me in trouble. So what do you think tonight? <laughs> oh man, you know it's been said ad nauseum tonight, but defense incredible. Reggie Bullock, the the defensive MVP. Dorian Finney-Smith, also the defensive MVP. Love it. But you know this has been talked ad nauseum. But like just thinking between like the difference between like last year and this year. Um, one of my buddies and I were talking. We went to all three playoff games last year, and that was just brutal, especially by Game Six. It felt like. Um, I, I don't even know how to describe uh, what's the the dear sister SNL skit where everybody keeps getting shot <laughs> and stuff like that by game six. But um, we were talking about how when we go to a game, you know, you just look at jerseys and you see it's majority Luca, a lot of Dirk, but you don't really see a bunch of the other guys. And, you know, it was just the team seemed lost and everything. You don't know who's going to be on the team because they're trying to fight for the future. You know, oh, is Giannis going to come or whoever star they say is going to come, but it will never come. And now with the way kids got these guys playing, it's like, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more Dorian Finney-Smith, a lot more Reggie Bullock, a lot more Brunson. So I just, I love that, you know, we I have guys. So, man. I mean, it's tough because so many guys, you know, it's like, like uh, Powell, for example, has played north of 500 games with Dallas. So it's like, you don't see as many guys with all the player movement anymore, but some of these dudes like Dorian have, have stuck around for such a long time. I hope you're right. I hope you see more stuff like that because it's it's great to see, you know, real buy-in from more than just the superstar. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much my only thought. Oh, also one more thing. Um, I, I I hate how all throughout this year, like, it was like a lot of Luka versus Jaw, Luka versus Trey. Luka has never had a stinker in a playoff game. Let's be real. His stinkers are still fairly good games. And what, Trey's been held under 10 points once. I think Jaw only had like 11 or something the other night. Like, Luca's the goat in the playoffs right now. I don't want to hear that comparison anymore to those guys. No, there's no, yeah. No, the Luca, the Luca trade debate has been closed for a while. It's delightful. Yes, it is. All right, that's all, all right, I have to man. Say. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, no, thank you for joining us. All right, coming up next, we have another Dan who's been waiting for a while. Hi, Dan. Hello, thanks for having me, Kirk. You sure, sorry, sorry you had to wait for so long. Appreciate you oh, sticking through. No problem. Uh, so a lot of the national media has been framing this through the deficiencies of the Jazz. So that's kind of what I want to bring up this evening. Mm. First of all, uh, Donovan Mitchell is delusional if he thinks he's playing or playing well in Game 6. If he does play, he's just going to get torched even further by Luka and Jalen Brunson. So by all means, Donovan Mitchell, go play 36 minutes and just 
give up lineups to the cup. That's my first point on that. Yeah, uh, I agree. Secondly, we talk a lot about Reggie Bullock and um, Dorian Finney-Smith playing a lot of minutes, but the two high-volume players in their 30s that are playing minutes are on the Utah Jazz, Mike Conley and Bogdanovich, and I think we just took Bogdanovich's legs yeah. out. Three games, three games in five days just killed him. We're going to get two days off, so obviously they'll come back stronger and we're going to get their biggest punch, but... It seems like they're, you know, Conley and Bogdanovich are on their last leg, and without his scoring punch tonight, we saw what happened. Yeah, and and it's, you know, the Joe Ingles injury is is really just robbed them of of something that made them super special, and he, he I got feel bad. Well, I mean, Torres Achilles, he tore his ACL. Well, yeah, before he tore his Achilles. Or, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's like that. The, the, and he was an older guy. It's like they, this was their, this was their last run and they just don't have it. Uh, uh, you know, the, they traded for Nikhil Alexander Walker in hopes of he'd be a spark and they just, they still have any, they still have any answers. Like Josh Bo wrote a piece about this after game three. And I still think it's, it's true as of today where it's like the Mavericks have just answered every question when it comes to the Jazz. It's just, they just need to execute. And yeah, great piece. they, they defensively, they obviously executed tonight offensively they did Okay. And there's just still so much room. Like there's still a lot of room for the Mavericks to score like 135 points. I, I don't know if they ever will, but it's like, you, you see the, the method to how they're doing this to where it's like, if things click right, they're just, they, they could really go for it. Like, I'm not sure a couple of people have asked, they can these, can the Mavericks make it to the finals in the, in the chat? I don't know. I, but I, I, I don't know is a much better answer than no. So, like, this is great. And there's clearly meat on the – yeah, there's meat on the bone for sure. Dinwiddie has still not played his best game. We shot pretty terribly in the first half. Well, not pretty terribly, but adequate at best. And, uh, yeah, just the other thing I wanted to bring up about the Jazz, I don't know if I've ever seen a team try to talk themselves into good chemistry more than the Jazz after game four. The, the one lob from Donovan Mitchell to Rudy apparently solved all their problems, and now they just get along like gangbusters. I think, with like you were saying, without Ingles, they, they just did not – they do not have the team chemistry and the ability to put it together. And, yeah, I just – I feel really good about game six. Thanks for having me up. Sure thing, Dan. Thanks for waiting. Appreciate you. I hope you come back. All right. Let's go to – let's try Mo again. Maurice, how you doing? Okay, does this thing work now? Yeah, it does. Okay, thank God. First of all, um, I want to apologize to everybody. Um, the jersey I have on in my profile picture is Christos Porzingis. That's okay. Um, we're, we're, we I love KP. He gave us Spencer. I haven't been on Green Room in months. I just want you to know, I literally downloaded this app after I got done recording the pod with Bibbs because I said, I think Kirk is doing a Green Room right now. I'm going to join. That's the Mavs Outsiders pod. You should go like and subscribe. They have a very cool icon. There's a couple of Mavs Outsiders pods, but they have the much cooler logo. You'll know when you see it. <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't even have a question. I just wanted to come in here and talk some mess. Like, man, this game, oh, I was having a, I was having a damn good time all night. And, you know, to the people that were in my mentions in game four because I was on Luca about shooting his step backs. I, You're right. He didn't play great. He didn't play a great game. He didn't like, and I wasn't, I even, I think I sat on a part on the timeline. I wasn't blaming him for the loss, but when you have a game that close and you have so many bad possessions where no one touches the ball 
and you're just shooting a step back. He didn't even attempt to penetrate. Mm-hmm. And it was like we saw we saw it that game. Every time he attacked the basket, it was most likely a bucket or a foul. Yeah. What happened this game? Not too many step backs, more penetrating, and he dictated the entire game. I thought he almost kind of overpassed in the first quarter. Like he had a bunch of ugly turnovers because he was being a little goofy. But that was, you know, and that that happens. You overcompensate. You do what you're gonna do. But it's he 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 just is able to orchestrate so well from within these options. Like, and then at the start of the second half, the first play they ran for them, he gets a wide open layup because they were so afraid of his passing. Yeah, it's like a love hate thing. Like, it's uh, I can't remember. I think there was a I can't remember what court it was. He had an easy layup and he passed it to. I believe it was Dorian or Reggie on the wing and they were open. They were wide open, but no one Luca, once he went into the motion of the layup, I said, yeah, he's passing out. of this <laughs> <flight."> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I do. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, all right, well we can see. And the other team can't see it, but you can see it just kind of from his actions where it's like, Oh, he could have the eight foot floater that he gets. No, he's, he's going to throw a weird pass to the corner. And it's like, I remember literally saying during one possession, that dude's open. If I saw him, I know Luca saw him. And, you know, obviously I saw him because I'm looking on the TV. But Luca damn near has TV vision. It's like when you're playing – for people that play 2K, if you're playing 2K and you're driving to the paint and there's someone right behind you on the three-point line, you can see him because it's a video game camera. People in real life can't see those dudes. Nope. There's, Luca it's, can it's, see those dudes. through people. He's seeing through <laughs> dudes. Like, like it's bullet time. It's crazy. Like the the saying eyes in the back of your head, this dude literally has eyes in the back of his head. Like if we shave his head bald, I'm pretty sure there's a pair of eyeballs back there. That's the only explanation for some of these passes. And it's great. We're so spoiled. I love it. I, 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 I tweeted it. I don't know how we ended up with Luke and Jalen Brunson in the same draft, but it's it's some Ocean's Eleven type type heist and oh sure because okay they, they, they didn't care for like you go look at the Mavericks draft record and I, I I tweet about this at least like once a month because it makes me mad they used a ton of draft capital in 2000 so Mark's first year with the team they went nuts and just trade like they they ended up trading for like two people the best player that came out of it was Eduardo Nahara and it was rough like they used a lot of capital and then the, after that they didn't you know they ended up having Harris they ended up having Josh Howard and then it was kind of it until Luca. I mean, Dennis Smith was a nice bet at eight or nine, but you know, the the it became Rick Carlisle apparently wanted of all people Donovan Mitchell. Um, and it's just crazy that it's came out like this, where it's like the best draft, the 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 two best players that they've drafted in the last, you know, probably other than Josh Howard, so it's like fourteen, fifteen years. We're in the same draft. Yeah, pretty much. I would say they're the two best, arguably. Since we drafted Dirk Nowitzki, because I love Josh Howard at the time, but right now his game it's looking like Jalen Brunson is going to have a better, you know, long term career than Josh Howard. I I think that I think there's a strong argument for that. That's right. Well, thank you, buddy. You got anything else for us? Nah, that's it. I just had to show up and uh, show some love. It's been a while since I've been on here. I'll probably try to come in more consistent, but it's almost two o'clock. I need to get to bed. That's right. Thanks for hanging out. Everybody go check out the Mavs Outsider podcast. They post at least three, four times a week sometimes. So we'll talk soon. All right. right. See you. Have a good night. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Let's go to Logan. Hey, Logan, you there? One more time with the mute button. I don't know. Sometimes it gets a little funky. Um, we'll give Logan a second, maybe invite him up here in a few minutes. Um, let's go to Harris. Hey, Harris, what's up? Harris, are you there? All right, we'll try Harris again in a second. Let's go with Logan again because I think uh, I know what happened. Logan. How's it going, Kirk? There we go. It's going. What's up? Big win. Um, well, uh, sorry, hold on. I'm a little loud when I'm in here and waking my girlfriend up. Whoops. Um, uh, I don't know where to start. Um, I guess I was going to say that the, the Reggie Bullock signing was just so key because you look at all these other playoff teams that like you kind of need two wing defenders. Like one is not enough. Like you look at the Nets or the Nuggets, like there's so many teams when you watch just like, I mean, the, the Jazz themselves, if you swapped Reggie Bullock for even like Clarkson, I think they would be, well, I mean, he's played really well, but in general, like, I just think it's kind of like a learning experience for other teams to me. Like the Nets are the ones I keep coming back to because I'm like, if they have one Dorian Finney-Smith, their whole thing has changed. They've got like Goran Dragic out there playing small forward. Yep. And um, I just, it, I, it really like flipped the identity of the team basically just to add one guy on top of Dorian Finney-Smith because then you have two. Um. So that's just like been on my mind as I watch other playoff games. I'm just like you kind of you kind of can't just have one. You have to have you have to have like two plus Maxi who can kind of play like a defensive wing at times. Well, I mean that's where like my excitement for this team is high. I'm enjoying it. But what we saw when Luca went out was that they really have like six and a half dudes. And mm-hmm. it's not anybody in particular's fault. You know, you don't want to like, like I get frustrated with Josh Green, but it's mainly because he's not someone else, not because I think he's is terrible. And it's, it's just, if the Mavericks are going to have, if the Mavericks are going to make a run, then they're going to have to stay healthy. And then they're also going to stay out of foul trouble where it's just like, yeah. they, have, they, they have just enough guys to make this work. And there's not, you know, people have been like kind of clamoring for like Tim Hardaway, which I don't think that happens, but it's like, you know, if Tim came back and I'm just completely left fielding this guys if if tim were able to come back for whatever reason that's a body like it's yeah. a body like the mavericks don't trust ha- like nor should they they like a significant portion of their team is guys that that arguably wouldn't be on other teams it's a little uncomfortable like they they, they started out you know with willie collie stein like they literally cut two players that were on the opening day roster because they're not really nba players it was is an odd choice so it's like I, it, it's tenuous, but it's very like I, I feel bullish with the group that they have. Yeah, no. Um, how much Reggie and, and DFS are playing? Like I do the prop bets for players, and they've hit even their assists. They've hit because their assists are like over are like over under one and a half, and like they don't they ne- they never make plays like that. But their over unders are like one and a half assists, and they're out there so damn long that it's just like law of averages. So I just kept hitting the rebounds, and it's like four and a half, and they get five every time. They make two threes every game because it's just like you're out there that much damn time. You're gonna right. you're gonna get it. No, but, it's um, very like early two thousands and nineties minutes where like dudes were playing forty two minutes a game in January. It's the, it's the Nick Nurse. It's the Nick Nurse. Uh, formula but like 
out of necessity and not choice. Um, but yeah, I say I tell people that all like a lot of people got so disenchanted with Tim Hardaway and like we really don't have that gunner. Yeah. Like I feel like Dinwiddie bless his freaking heart wants to be that guy because he's like the bench buckets guy like that's kind of like what he's been and i mean he when he was on he was doing that well but like it would be so helpful especially with how many shots luca creates to have that gunner back and people are like well he would shoot us out of games and it's like but we just don't have anybody that it's like what if he shoots us into a game like i don't i don't feel like we have i mean (laughs) you know luca would have to do it but but brunson no it's not like it's literally been davis bertans like, yeah, and, yeah, and it's just he's a different kind of player. I don't know. I mean, well, I think everybody should still feel a certain way. So if you're very excited, I think you ought to be because this has been great. But there's also just kind of that inkling of it's why honestly they need to close this series out on Thursday. Like everybody needs a nap. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, just one more thing. I had a friend who doesn't really watch that much basketball, but he watched the game with me. And he was like, the Mavs are tough, but it's not like the dogs, like the quote unquote, like bad boy style. And he was like, it's kind of just a bunch of dudes that like hand the football over after they get the first down. And I was like, that is totally our like, aura. Like it's like, yeah, he said it's more troopers than dogs. And I was like, that's definitely what like, it's kind of like Luca's the star at the gym at the Y. And then everyone else are just the dudes that come with him <laughs> who like he likes to play with. He's like, this is my boy, Reggie. This is my boy, Dorian. And like, he won't play with anybody else. Sure. And they all sure. just kind of like do what they're supposed to do. But I don't know. It's nice having an identity other than like we get a bunch of euros and we're going to be like third in offense. And then it's like, you just kind of never have any faith in that. Like being a real, uh, they're actually, if you look, has not been like a truly finesse offensively oriented team to, to win the finals. And it sounds like something where you're like, surely at some point someone did. And you look and it's just like, even golden state had on uh, Iguodala Draymond, like three or four wing defenders. And it's just like, I, I think we still need like, more offense, but it's just good to have that infrastructure that you know, you know what I mean? I do. It's a bedrock. I do. Well, thanks, Logan. No problem. Nice talking to you. Yep, you too. All right, let's try Harris again. Harris, see if it'll work for you this time. Harris, you there, my guy? Is the audio going to connect? All right. Sorry, buddy. Um, Let's go to Alex. Hey, Alex. How you doing tonight? Hit that unmute one more time. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I can hear you a little bit. Speak up. Okay, okay. I'm just sitting up here. Hi. Hi, hi. It, that was like an amazing game. It was crazy. I just. It was. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know why. It reminds me when when kids said we we need to win without like always hitting trees because we didn't like shoot the ball like excellent, but. That's what happened to the Jazz. Like they didn't shoot. If they don't shoot trees and make them, they don't win. And we just won by play defense and making shots. Like well, two pointers most of it, I think. Um, and in the first half we were winning by like 15. And I don't know how many trees we made, but it wasn't a lot, I think. Hello. Hello. Ooh, hello. Me, me not understanding how to use my own app. Um, I think that may be the most threes the Jazz have shot in one of these games so far. They were, and what's preposterous is they just shot the worst percentage of any team with that much volume in the playoffs ever. And 
I felt like some of them were pretty good shots. Like the Mavericks played really good defense, but they also didn't do as good a job of running people offline. Like Luca, it's like the start of the second half, Luca ran Royce O'Neal off the three point line, but Royce O'Neal just stepped to the left and shot another three. Um, so it was, it was one of those sort of things where it's, you know, a couple of made threes might have made the, the game feel different for the Jazz at the right time, but it's just, it, it, nothing was really working for them. And you, you kind of feel for them because like as Mavericks fans, like I watched, all, like, do you remember, do you remember the games in November where the Mavericks could not hit anything? Everything in, before December was sucked for the Mavs. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you, Alex. You got anything else? No, that's it. Maybe also I forgot what I was what I was gonna say. Yeah, that's it. All right, we'll talk soon. Thanks yeah. for joining. Yeah, I was hoping we get a W. That's right, Thursday. Yeah. Oh, you saw the time? <laughs> yes. Yes. Late another late night game. I'm yeah. not thrilled. What time? What time does the game start for you? Uh, 9 p.m. too. I mean. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 9 p.m. in in, in Dallas too, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Appreciate you. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up next, then, let's go with uh, – we're going to bring Mark back up, uh, and he can chime in whenever he's uh, feeling able. And let's go with uh, Nico. Hi, Nico. Welcome to the show. What do you got for us? Hey, what's up, Kurt? Uh, Nico here from the Philippines. How's it going? Outstanding. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I just have two – not really questions, but I have two sure. thoughts. Um what was I going to say? That happens uh, to me at this point if, a lot. If, <laughs> if the Mavs came in to the series with a healthy Luca, do you think um, they would have swept the Jazz? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, that's awesome too. And I, I kind of agree with what, with what Mark said earlier that um, I think it, it was a good idea that they brought Luca in for Game Four because for me it was like getting him up to speed, and I'd rather than do that on game four rather than game five or six. I have no science to back this up, but I always felt like for this season and going back into last season, whenever they let Luca rest a game, he would then come back looking like he had been on a short vacation and needed a game to get back into things. Right. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, he played great, I think, on game four, but there were times when the offense was kind of out of whack. Mm-hmm. When he was there along with JB, so I don't know. It it felt different this game. Uh, it felt like they were they, they missed pretty better this game. Well, you know, you take a get you take a week off between games and you miss like the first three games. The guys basically don't play together outside of like one a couple of scrimmages, I think, for two weeks, and it's just scrimmage, obviously not a game. And so it's, it, there's there's real value in um, getting those minutes and working through the kinks. And, you know, if the Mavericks had been able to steal game four on the road, that just would have been a bonus um, in hindsight. And granted, they should have stolen it, but, you know, mistakes happen. And it's it's just it's nice. It's nice to see that these guys have this level of chemistry to where they can pick up and play like they've played. Right. Uh, yeah, that's all I have. Thanks sure, for having Nico. me. Kurt. Thanks for joining us. Hope you come back sometime. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's go to my man, Garrett. Um, hi Garrett, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Welcome back. What's what's going on with you? Not much. I'm just 
glad we got this win. Yes. It's nice. It's good. I just I hate that. Of course, the the games that they win in this series is the one that I didn't get to go to because I went to game one and they messed that one up. Sure, but, you know it happens. But I, I'd take I'd take winning these to lose the one that I was at. But I just I just think it's hilarious how Reggie and Dorian have turned into the dogs that we thought James Johnson and Josh Richardson were going to be from that video on the plane. Mm, I mean, that's I think a about good that a take. Lot. I like that take. <laughs> I mean, I think about that video often. It was so funny. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I love those guys, but sure. Josh Richardson could do was hit free throws. I mean, and James Johnson was just oof. But I'm just super happy with the way the team looks and just got to get one more. I mean. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Huh? Are you uh, where? Are, are you in Central Time Zone? Are you up at one in the morning like me? Yeah, I mean I'm down at school, but I'm from the Dallas area. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow's morning. tomorrow's gonna be a, a bit of a mistake, and then the Thursday night game at nine o'clock, I might yes. have to take off yeah. Friday again. I was yeah. I was toast. I've got an accounting exam tomorrow. It'll be fine. You know who cares? <sighs> well, good luck on your accounting exam. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. All right, we'll talk soon. Have a good night. All right, peace. All right, let's go to. Can I ask DJ. you some questions? Can I ask Me? you a couple questions? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is it because I'm trying to learn? I mean, you your whole style it's a whole different thing than the way I do it. So I'm I'm just trying to learn from you sure. here. So you 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 don't go for a set time. You'll just you'll just roll this like just till it feels till it feels right. Well, so uh, it, it yes because when we started doing these, there's like 50 of us and. It would be a thing where last season was particularly challenging because the Mavericks kept losing those under 500 teams at, like, really terrible games, you know, and then they would pull one off against a team they had no business winning. And so what we were hosting, when they lose, I host a group therapy where we all whine. When they win, um, we host one of these where we all, uh, you know, try to revel a little bit. And then, you know, it's all bull- it's all BS branding. Um but it's it's I kind of go one at a time until uh, unless I run out of time or my wife tells me to go to bed, um, just because I don't know. It's one of the things I like about the platform and you know kind of some of the sites that that I help operate is that it gives people a voice that sometimes don't like wouldn't otherwise like the democratization of it of it all. Like you have that great like you have a great comment section on your website that you interact with. And it's like it's it's the same sort of thing where somebody feels like they hopefully they get a chance to to feel heard a little bit because otherwise we just end up talking to our spouses and friends who don't care about the Mavericks and you know people like <laughs> you know no one wants to and and it's a lot more productive than engaging on Twitter I think where people just end up yelling at each other. So are you in D.C. or are you back in Texas? I'm back in Texas. I live in Richardson. And you have to be at work in the morning. Yeah, but I work from home. So you have, you, know, the, get, you have the you uh, you have the discipline to get up on time. Oh, well, I've I got to get the kid to school. So, you know, I'll, I'll pay for this, but this is uh this is worth it. Like like sport like this is fun. I I, I and I'll tell you, Mark, in 2011 when I was watching this team in Washington D.C., I didn't have anyone to celebrate with. It was like me and my wife and my dog, and like that was very. Yeah, you know, like I remember after they won the title, I just took my dog for a walk. I had nothing to do. <laughs> I had nothing to do. So it's like, like a sense of community and all this is important to me. You didn't, you didn't meet any other Mavs fans in DC. Nope. Nope. 
I mean, part of that was me, just because DC is a different town. But I, it's like I didn't go to any bars and watch the game. I just watched it at home. Kind of lame, right? No, look, I mean, I I totally get it. Like I'm, you know, I saw, you know, I'm I lived in the Buffalo area, so all my sporting allegiances started in Buffalo. And I saw, I saw someone wearing. Where was I? I was it was not in Dallas, but I saw someone wearing a Sabres hat on the road. Oh, I was in New York. I was in Manhattan, and I saw someone wearing a Sabres hat. And I'm not the most social person in person but of course i had to i had to speak to the gentleman because sure. i was excited i was excited so you weren't you weren't walking in the district and running into a stray mavs fan here and there to your great delight no no and we had uh, um we had a guest up earlier his name's reese who hosts his own mavs podcast and he i ran into him at one of the games that we went to and it was I don't know. It's just it's it's nice, and I, that's partially why I'm glad I moved back to the area and and, and things like that. Henry, or Harold in the chat says Kirk does this simply for himself. I would say there is some truth to that, to where it's just like nobody cared what I had to say for such a long time, and now I have a bunch of people to talk about it with. So it's nice. But I was worried about you tonight because I did see some of your tweets amid the madness. What was did I and tweet you bad still, things? You still you st- you still seemed quite angry. Oh, yeah. I mean. You know, you're worried about the minutes. Dorian and Reggie will be fine. There's no back-to-backs. They're in great shape. They're Iron Men. They can have Well, the, the, the tracking data on it is so interesting because they just run a ton. Like, Dorian is pro- like Dorian could probably just wake up in the morning and go run a 5K. Like, the man's a machine. I, I, I actually spoke to him pre- and post-game today, which is a first in my very brief time. Uh, pitching in with this Bally pre and post game coverage and doing some of these walk off interviews and he uh I asked him pre and post how's your gas tank and he <laughs> he was scoffing at me for even suggesting that he might be tired so don't worry don't do not worry about do not worry about DFS do not worry about Bullock they're fine I I understand DJ you've been hanging out while I was rambling what do you got Hey what's up guys sorry if my voice sounds a little Little uh, little that happens. I was at the game, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a uh, it was actually my first playoff game, and it was it was everything a fan could you know imagine and more going to their first playoff game. You know, the energy was just you know just night and day between a regular regular season game and a playoff game. It was just the atmosphere was just amazing, and watching just watching the guys. Um, just synchronized with each other on defense and just, you know, playing well on offense. It, it was, it was a beautiful thing to watch. That's excellent. Where did you sit? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, so I was uh, in a uh, section one Oh nine. Uh, oh, good seats. Middle. So yeah, it, it was, it, they were great seats. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. And um, my whole thing about the, uh, the Luca injury aspect. Um, had he been there um, to start the series, we were only we only lost the two games by a combined seven points. So then we would have need needed only eight points to sweep the Jazz. So I, I have no doubt in my mind that if Luca was there from game one all the way up to now, we would have swept the Jazz easily. And going into this game, I had. No worries that, you know, the Jazz might have snuck in here and got another one on us or something something stupid like that. And I have, you know, full confidence that 
game six will probably go in the Mavs' favor. I like the confidence. I hope so. I hope so just because I, it's funny. I get in these rhythms, and I'm sure that the beat writers do too, where it's like you cover games, you cover games, and then you make like – then all of a sudden all-star breaks on the on the agenda, and you're like, I just got to make it to all-star break. I just want to make it to the end of the first-round series, and hopefully that means covering a second-round series. But I would still like like four days without games. That sounds nice to me. Amen to that because I know – and shout out to Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith. Those guys just, man, I don't know how they do it. I, I know I couldn't. Yeah, no, it's exhausting. Well, thanks so much, DJ. Got anything else? Uh, No, that was pretty much it. I appreciate you having me up. Of course, here. buddy. Talk soon. All right. A couple more people. We got Tyler. Did you, want, did you want him to play game four or not, Luke? I can't remember your stance. What was your stance on that? Were you – I, I I trust that like, like these are, it's a quarter billion dollar investment. This is not 2003 anymore. Like I, I have to believe that, that the people in charge come to these decisions collectively. Like it was, uh, who was it? Um, Brian Damaris had a, had a story up saying he was, you know, kind of in the room for the decision in 2003 and the arguments and he feels great about all this. So it just, I don't know. We have access to so much information to where it just, if, the Mavericks are comfortable. I really enjoyed your story. Like, your framing of the plan is he is going to play because you just don't know what happens. You take a bad step, like something feels funny. Like, my back felt great when I got out of the, when I got into the car this morning, and then I took a bad step getting out of it. And my plan was to go to the gym, and I did not. So, you know, these things happen. Well, if you allow me a Kirk-esque rant, I mean, yeah, that that is one of the things here that I, you know, I think sometimes gets lost in translation. A lot of this stuff is fluid, not just injuries, just, you know, like today I had a whole long story about the Nets and Steve Nash. And based on where things are right now, Steve Nash has the backing still of ownership and more importantly, Kevin Durant, but that could change that. You know, they just got swept Who's to say two weeks from now when the Nets take a step back from this that minds change? I mean, things do change. And I think you're exactly right. In the Luca case, you know, he went to the practice between games. The practice went well. But, you know, they don't know if later that night there's going to be discomfort. So I, I do think it's important to remember that, yes, the, you know, the goalposts do move sometimes. But you are correct. It was a collaborative decision. And the one thing I'll say is, having been with the team in Salt Lake that whole time, I I really did feel like Luca was going along. You know, he kept calling Casey Smith the boss and he was going along with the timetable that they set. I didn't feel like he was rebelling against it. Sure. And we think he's, we think he is still dealing with effects of this. Is this something that hangs for I, a while? Well, look, I, like I said, I, from, from my seat, I thought he moved immeasurably better tonight than he did the first game. To me, offensively, maybe I, you know, maybe I should have studied it more defensively. I think on the offensive end, this was a very Luca-esque game, and he was doing all the things that he would normally do. Now, six, seven minutes to go, he had he had ice on the calf, and I was thinking, okay, is he done? And he came back in. So, you know, um, I think it was just preventative. I don't think it was anything out of the ordinary, but. He did have, you know, ice, some sort of 
ice or heat or some sort of wrap. He definitely had something on his calf, but came back in and, you know, looked fine. But I, you know, that he's still not playing his full distribution of normal minutes, but he did increase his first quarter stint. So I think he's, I think he's getting there. And, you know, he was, he was thrown around like a rag doll tonight. I mean, he, he was hammered to the floor multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, after the after the foul that led to the little skirmish, I mean, he was smiling and laughing in the huddle. I mean, he was not, and I thought he was thrown down pretty hard, and yeah. he looked completely unbothered by it. And like I said, in uh, he was kind of laughing after. So he gives me he gives me Rob Gronkowski vibes with like his kind of ability to just absorb punishment and be like, oh yeah, I'm kind, I'm okay, I'm fine. I mean, today he had the shimmy. I don't remember. I don't remember. Too many, I don't. I, remember, I don't remember too many shimmies. He was. He was. I mean, the only. The only thing. The three ball isn't going down yet, but he finally got two in a row to go down, and clearly was happy about it. But I mean, yeah, I saw him after the game as well, and he 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 looks quite bubbly, I would say. So I think if he was in, I think if he was feeling discomfort, you know, like like uh, like you said earlier during one of the seven times I've connected to this room tonight, he doesn't. Uh, he does a lot of wincing and grimacing if things are not going his way so. mm-hmm. tyler what do you got for us you've been waiting sorry about that oh no i'm happy to listen to the greatness that is uh you guys doing some live talking here um it's good to be back it's been a little while um i do have to ask mark before i get going with uh the basketball thing can did you see the picture that tim mcmahon posted of the quarterbacks and can you confirm he took that with a baked potato <laughs> uh he sits. He sits right behind me, so I cannot confirm what he took it with. But I am the worst photojournalist in sports writing history. So you know anybody who's seen any photos that I've ever posted on Twitter, they are all trash. So I am the last person who can take shots at McMahon. And he, he was at, he actually no he was taking a lot of grief on press row. Um, people were saying you know that. If he was going to be hired by the morning news as a photographer. And I mean, it, it was, uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was taking some abuse. Well, he earns it with the amount of abuse that man dishes out. Tyler, what are you thinking? <laughs> well, I was really encouraged by this game. I was really trying to pay attention to Maxie's game because uh, just how important he's been in this series. And I have to eat crow on that. I was really hard on him during his slump and he's made me look like an idiot, but, um, Winning this game by 25 and Maxi giving you zero points was really encouraging to me. That's a good take. I like that. It, I just ex- I kind of expected him to have a bounce back game after being in foul trouble, and it just didn't happen. And but they didn't need it, so I was kind of surprised by that in a in a good way. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's great stuff. It's great stuff because he was so like like I I appreciate Maxi a great deal. But Maxie's three fouls in the first quarter of game four was the genesis of all the problems they dealt with the rest of the game. Um, I think what's interesting to me is that he didn't play that much and Powell somehow, like Powell playing a lot was concerning to me. But they just made a much better effort of putting a butt on Rudy at certain points. Um and and is you know things work out and if if the, like the game plan that the Mavericks are putting I just can't emphasize this enough from Josh from Josh Bo's column the execution is is magnificent it, it, because I I tell you I didn't you guys heard me I didn't want to play the Jazz for months 
and they're they look like the clearly better team. It's crazy to me. It, yeah, that's that's what's crazy. And you know, I know they went a little bit small in the first half tonight, and I'd like to hear you and and Mark on this. Um, how big do you or how much do you think that they can really play small with with Luca being back? I know he likes to involve Powell, but uh, do you think playing small is as viable of an option as we fans would like it to be? Because I was so frustrated when Powell closed the game the other day for just I just thought they should have gone small after Maxi fouled out. Hmm. I mean, I think you can get away with it in certain lineups. Um, it, it's really taxing physically for everyone when they go small, unless they're playing another team that's equally as small. Um, like Rudy is just like he, he averages 15 rebounds a game. So it, it's like you're just asking a lot over the course of a game. Like I think you can do it in spurts, but there's a reason that like the Warriors didn't play the death lineup all the time. What do you think, Mark? Well, look, and I think part of it is against the Jazz. They want, they want to force Utah to throw the ball to Gobert. They're trying to bait them into it because, as was also mentioned earlier, he's not the slickest finisher around the rim, and he misses a lot of free throws. So, in this series, I don't think they're afraid to go to it at all. I mean, I you know, in the games without Luca, they were going small all the time. I mean, they're, you know, he'll. He'll play Dodo at five sometimes, you know, not not for long stretches, but he's not afraid to try it. I mean, I, I really think it just depends on your opponent as you go forward. And obviously, the deeper you go, you're going to start facing sure. you know, bigs that can hurt you. Yep. You got anything else for us, Tyler? No, man. I saw the Mavs opened as an underdog. So for the uh, betting folks out there, uh, they are plus money at Utah. For I get it, man. Clients. That that Utah crowd is out standing so I, I that and that affects that that affects games home court is a big deal so. but again i don't want to like i don't i'm not really trying to be critical of, of the fans but i thought it would be louder and more intimidating like it wasn't it was not the cauldron that i thought it was going to be and again it has been a long time since i've been there so long that with my failing memory i couldn't even pinpoint the last time that i was actually there sure but, it didn't feel as intimidating to me as I thought it was going to be. That said, I did not log any minutes in the game, so I can't tell you <laughs> how it actually felt to play. But look, there is there is so so much less real estate around the court compared to in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the fans really are right on top of you. But like, like I just didn't. It didn't feel to me. I had it built up in my head as something more. Interesting. Okay. Uh, then, but, then, but but then it's interesting. David Locke, the the jazz radio guy, he tweeted during Game Four that it, that that was one of the best crowds he had ever seen. So, hmm. uh, you know, I, he he would have a better gauge on what a Utah crowd is than me. But I yeah, I did not. I didn't feel like it was some atmosphere that the Mavs couldn't handle. Uh, they're getting soft up there. They're, they let Dirk wander free uh, courtside. They wouldn't have let that happen in the past. Well, look, you bring you bring that up, and I and I will say, <laughs> I've been doing this forever. The Mavs win in 0-1, down 17, going to the fourth, is still one of the five most amazing things I've Great. seen. Great, one of the Stockton yeah. and Stockton and Malone were clearly on the downside. There's no question. They were not what they had been a couple of years earlier going to the finals two years in a row, but you, you did, you were not supposed to win a deciding game in Utah. 
like the home team was almost mentally beaten before you got there because you knew it was going to be super loud, super physical. There's always a feeling that the refs are intimidated by the fans there and they're not going to get calls. And it's like a self-defeating prophecy. And for that Mavs team with no experience in the playoffs to come roaring back and win that game five, no one expected it. And I will always say that it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen in person. I was getting tired, Mark. Now I want to go shoot hoops. That I remember where I was standing in my kitchen. I think Michael Fenley traveled before he passed to Calvin Booth, and I don't care. It just oh, thank you for this. That, now, now I can go for another 20 minutes. Tyler, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank y'all for having me. Mm-hmm. How old were you in 20? How old were you in 2001? 16. 16. 16. Yeah. Sorry right. to tell you that. High school, <laughs> hanging with your guy, watching the game with your buddies. No, I was I was with my mom, and my mom was like a Dirk, and still is. She's she's here this weekend. It's like a Dirk super fan. Like that's like her only player she liked. And that like that series because it's hard for people to understand. I really wish they would go back to the to the five game series for round one. Like going down o two, that the, you just don't come back from that. And they did against a team with absolute legends and with kind of a, whew, man, Finley, man. I, I See, now I'm all in my reminiscing mode. Michael Finley is just such a, just an, such an unbelievable basketball player. He's, I'm so glad he's still affiliated with the team as his, uh, you know, whatever his complicated position is because he just matters a lot to the Mavericks legacy. Um, all right, we got a couple more people and then I should probably try to go to bed at some point. You're you staying up late is nuts, but uh, hey, you do you, Mr. Stein. No, this, this is this is this ain't late for me. This is normal. <laughs> Scott, up, what's I'm, up, I'm, buddy? I'm, hey, hey Mark, how are you doing? This is uh CBA Mavs. CBA Mavs, I didn't know you had a real name. I do, it's Scott. I, I was 19 when in that 2001 series watching that. I was standing up the whole game. That was amazing when they when they missed that shot. I was going crazy. Yeah, no, that was like I said. I I put that you know of of memorable series that I've covered in my life. That that's always it's one that people don't usually cite, and I just I I will never forget how crazy that was, and 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 how happy they were. Like they just they did not go. They you, you they did not think they were winning that game five, and uh, they a, were they were gleeful. There were a few. There's a few uh, away games in postseason history, like the Miami one when they won the championship, and then that one in Utah where you go back and find good pictures and just look at the bad reactions of fans in the crowd, and it still gives you energy. It's just how much they slaughtered all of those expectations. <laughs> well, what I the Miami one, what what sticks out in my memory is just how many Mavs fans were actually were at that game. That actually blew me away how many Mavs fans got a hold of tickets for that one. But I think you, in the same conversation, you would have to put San Antonio in 06. Now, obviously that didn't result into a, in a championship, but same thing, like winning a game, winning a deciding game on the Spurs floor was just something that you just, it, you just couldn't even say it out loud and think it was going to happen. I had a chance to go to game six in Miami. I was there for a bachelor party. I was 25. My wife and I didn't make any money. And she was like, just go spend the money. We'll be fine. And I was like, no, we're saving for a house. I can't do this. And I should have gone to the game. How, mu- how much was it? I mean, the tickets were you, were, you remember how many mass fans were there? It was not hard to get tickets. I probably could have gotten a decent ticket. I remember looking for like four to five hundred dollars. You know, it, it was I, it was one of the dumbest things I've ever done is not not doing that. But alas, here we are. Scott, what do you got for us? 
Hey, I did want to ask Mark, Kirk and I have been arguing whether the reported idea from McMahon that, uh, you know, Rick Brunson was quoted as saying that the Mavs offered it in January. And no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That Jalen Brunson was uh, told the Mavs that he would accept the four year 55 million one and that the Mavs rejected it. Do you what do you think? Do you think that that is true or do you not have the sources for that particular conversation? I I do think it's true. I think the Mavs wanted to let the deadline go because obviously if they signed him, they couldn't move him. And so I think I think they just wanted to give themselves, you know, maybe something comes along that we want to do. You know, there was there was talk, you know, and I'm sure you guys remember this trade Jalen to New York now and get our number one back uh, from the Porzingis trade. And then, and then the Mavs could unlock all their picks. I mean, I don't think those discussions got anywhere serious, but I think they were at least explored. So obviously if you extend Jalen, that's not possible, but, but you know, now he's, I mean, he is going to get 480 from somebody. And so that was a, that, that, that cost, that flexibility got real costly all of a sudden. You use the word. You use the word. That's a trigger word for all of us Mavericks fans. Flexibility. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I was at the time, I think I wrote an article in my CBA FAQ thing in December that I, I mean, at that time I would have offered him 70, 75 if I could. You know, obviously the rules are such that you can't. I, I can't believe that they would <sighs> – yeah, I get I get the idea that Nico was going for flexibility um, in terms of what they could do, but it is disappointing with everything that's transpired since. And I know I wish they they wish they could do, have it back, but as it is, I think 480 is like cheap. The, if he if, if he crashes and burns right now, then he would get 480. But do you think? Do you, what do you? What would you project as like? You know, like who could who could go after him hard enough with enough money well, that well, would force us? Here's the thing. They're just, as you well know, there's just not tons of cap space sloshing around this summer. But Detroit has it, and their interest has just been stated over and over and over again to the point where I absolutely believe it. I reported, I don't know, a week or two ago that I've heard that the Pacers want to join the bidding as well. And obviously, which is hilarious. Rick Carlisle knows Jalen's game pretty well. And the Pacers are another team that will have cap space. And you know, they've convinced everybody around the league they're going to trade Brogdon. So they, they do have a need. I mean, that's the other thing that's changed in the NBA. Like normally you would say, I mean, I think even two years ago or three years ago, you would have said, well, they have Halliburton. Why do they need Jalen? Well, you know, the Mavs need three ball handlers. Like everybody wants multiple ball handlers now. So it's like Detroit loves the idea of Cade and Brunson. And I don't know that Halliburton and Jalen can play tons together because they're both small, but I mean, you know, they, you know, I've checked it out. They, they do have interest. So, and I, you know, I think there will be more. And then, then, then there's the Knicks who don't have the cap space, but they want Jalen more than anyone. So are they going to find a way to create, create it? Do they, can they trade a contract or two to the thunder to, to make room? I mean, it's interesting because I think what he's shown is that he doesn't get, um, you know, like we had Seth Curry, and Seth Curry was amazing, and I wanted to keep him, but he could be he could be targeted, you know, the way Bertans is right now. And Brunson has shown that he can't be targeted. You can't like abuse him on defense, which makes him imminently more playable in most lineups. So, 
So I, I think I could see any number of teams. I've heard the Knicks could like move around. You know, they have a lot of expirings, um, and so they could kind of like get out of it if they needed to with some of their young players to sign him. But I don't know. I, I really hope they keep them. San Antonio, don't they have money and room too? And they have big ball I handlers. Do th- I- I do think they are one of the five. Now, I don't know what I don't know where they stand on, on Jalen, but look, his stock has just shot way up, and it's going to be fascinating to me to see how the Mavs play this. Like to me, it's not just the guy's productivity. Like he is such, he is the most, he's the closest thing to a vocal leader that they really have. Mm, so losing yep. him, losing him would be huge. Not you know beyond just the basketball side of it. And so yeah. it's kind of reached the point where, like, I think they pretty much have to spend whatever it takes. Because um, something tells me that Kirk Giddy Face will not be too pleased if he goes and will be one of many people shouting very loudly if someone else signs Jalen Brunson. Well, I, I just but, can't imagine. I, I can't imagine anything at the moment. I'm not allowing myself to imagine anything like this because I – Part of why I started doing this was I was tired of being told by our former general manager that we're the best and brightest and smartest. Please don't please don't pay any attention to the results. <laughs> um, and and it's it's one of these things to where I just this works and the price is something that I as a fan have decided I am not going to think about. It. <laughs> it's a different concern for a different day. Yeah, yeah I, that's why. I, I would, oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, you you you, uh, you have uh, Emmys or something, so you can go. Ahead. <laughs> no man, you, you're. I learned your name today. This is big breaking news. I I really thought your name was CBA Mavs. So Scott, I want you to take the floor and you go ahead. Uh, I was I was just gonna kind of say like the, the we don't want to get Tyson Chandler again, where they kind of like run off to try to do something better. You know, and they don't really have any cap space. The, the issue that most people don't quite understand, and I've been trying to write an article for a while, is that they can't they can't receive a free agent unless they lose a bunch of salary in a sign and trade because of the hard cap. And so many people think like, oh, we could get Mitchell Robinson. And I'm like, that is a really, really, really difficult trade to construct. I just want them to accept like whatever anybody else bids, just bid it and then add an extra year and sign them. It'll be 30 at the end of a five year contract. So who cares? Just, just get all of his prime years, as many as we can. Well, look, if the guy has more room to improve, I mean, like, seriously, this whole playoff run, what, I mean, I'm just seeing what Jalen and Dorian have become is truly amazing. I mean, they have both just developed so much beyond what was projected for them when they first became Mavs. Um, you know, Dorian, you know, he shoots it with a swagger now. I mean, he really thinks he's making every three. I mean, it's it's amazing to watch him, um, and and Brunson, like just the the shot making, the just he's he's kind of like become like a lefty Nash, like he's just cut, he's like doing the Gretzky going behind the net. I mean, he's just mm. it's it's uh, you got to give the dude a lot of credit. And I, and here's the thing, I, <coughs> excuse me, I don't watch college hoops. I I know he's. This accomplished two-time champ. I didn't watch Jalen Brunson play one second in college, so I don't have that reference of what he looked like at at Villanova. But um, just just seeing where he's gone in these four years is is tremendous. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 on board with that. Like my my other thing was, I I like what you said. We we have Luca who gets 
technical so much that he might get suspended. And then we got Brunson who never gets technical. So I think it's a really good balance to have another star who, you know, just doesn't react the same way. And he's a, seems like he's a, just got a great positive attitude and man, I, we need, we need that on the bench. They all get along. I say, keep them. I mean, how big will the revolt be if the Mavs let him <laughs> <go>? <laughs> Let's yeah. just say yeah. uh, tell me, the Spotify green. Tell me what. Tell, I'll, I'll put it to you like this: the day that the 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 trade deadline day where where Porzingis and and Dinwiddie swapped, there were 950 people in this green room. It was an angry madhouse about Porzingis. I cannot imagine what it will be like this because all of us collectively on some form were like all not high enough on Brunson. So I'm, I, I don't, no, I, don't I, want I remember that, that day well because, you know, I tweeted that Porzingis is going to Washington. And after how many Mavs fans visited my green rooms and told me they wanted to see a trade so bad. And the Mavs fans I saw were so, so mad. mad about that Porzingis trade. Furious. Yeah, it was like nothing I've ever seen. And I was just kind of like, hey, something new. This is what I've been asking for for three years. So, Scott, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, right, Mark. Talk for, soon. So, yep. Scott, a pleasure to meet you. You too. All right. Uh, we have another guest who uh, is pretty awesome. And Brian oh, Damaris, how are you doing, sir? Wait a minute. Oh, no, no, no. I did not, I did not say we could bring him hey, on I, stage. Hey, I saw him in the I'm chat. I'm trying I had to, to escape this I'm trying to escape this guy and unbelievable. Oh my goodness. I just want to know if Steiny and Dorian Finney Smith are like best friends now. <laughs> he was telling us. It's all it's all objective journalism, buddy. I mean you guys are like the new Benefer. It's just like you're you're attached to the hip. He's a great interview. He just I mean he sums it up. Dorian. What do you see it out of Luca two games into the comeback? LD back. It's all two words. He nailed it. Well, Brian, what did uh, so I'm, I'm a, did, did you happen to do the the Mavs post game show? I just saw Bobby was up running a, a Twitch stream. Everybody's just really excited about tonight because this was, you know, I just learned from Mark earlier tonight. The Mavericks are. Did you say six and zero in game? Yeah, I stole, who, did, I, who did I steal that stat? I stole that stat from Followell. Followell. Tweeted that today. That's the Mavs, incredible. The, the Mavs are six and zero at home in Game Fives in franchise history in best of seven series. Yeah, not counting the not counting the best of five era. Well, well, I'm pretty jazzed up, but I'm also kind of all, well jazzed up. Not the right word. I I I'm pretty pretty still pretty psyched about the game, but I feel almost talked out because it's been a full. Uh, we're approaching two hours, but uh, Mr. Damaris, do you have anything for us this evening? So we just have to look back to last year, obviously, to not get too overconfident when you have a 3-2 lead in a series. Having said that, um, the Jazz look like they're ready to quit. And I just wonder, as a player, how do you guard against the overconfidence of saying we've got this wrapped up when we know they don't have it wrapped up, Uh, especially if Mitchell doesn't play and – I don't know, Steiny, if there's any more reporting, but I'd be surprised if he played. Yeah, I mean, look, I watched him walk. I watched him hobble to the press room. I watched him hobble away from the press room even slower. He was still in his uniform long after the game. I mean, he's getting the MRI tomorrow. I mean, even even the 
the the slightest hamstring tweak, playing a game Thursday seems rather optimistic. So, I mean, you know, unof- completely unofficially, I it's just hard to imagine him playing. And if that's the case, I mean, could you really? I mean, look what Bogdanovich has played really hard, spirited defense. He's tried to guard Brunson. He's tried to guard Luca, but I think he's paying the price offensively. What he didn't make a shot tonight, did he? I mean, he's like his tank has got to be low. So, I mean, how are they going to beat the Mavs with no Mitchell? Realistically, well, I know what you're saying. What's different about this year versus last year then? Because the Mavericks, I, I, I just don't know why I didn't remember this, but the Mavericks won game five in Los Angeles to come back and play game six. And that was not a particularly fun game. And then lose game seven. Like what's the, you know, the Mavericks had a chance to close out game six last well, year and didn't. The, di- the difference is they're playing a hell of a lot better. They played a hell of a lot better team last year. Mm. I mean, that's, that's the difference. I mean, the jazz, here's the thing. I, the jazz jazz people were hoping that the way they escaped in game four and won it with a Donovan to Rudy lob, that that was going to galvanize the group and the way they played tonight would suggest that uh, the powers of galvanization did not last too long. Yeah. I wasn't buying into the, we're all good now. Um, It's kind of like those couples you see on Instagram that always talk about the relationships. There's, pretty much an inverse relationship between how much you post about how awesome your relationship <laughs> is and how good it really is. Um, and the fact that they were talking about, Oh no, we're good now. And we're, you know, it's, it's very reminiscent of when we were counting the daps between Porzingis and Luca of the uh, chest bump at the end of game four between Gobert and Mitchell. Um, I'm, I just wasn't buying it and they're fragile. They've got, New ownership. They've got D Wade mucking about. They've got a president of basketball operations, Danny Ainge, who's just waiting to make moves. As you reported, Steiny Quinn Snyder, uh, you know, is probably wants out himself. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is a diva. He got their uh, director of player performance fired before the season even started because he sat him out of game one last year in the playoffs. So, um, you know, they're. They're, they they've booked their Cancun tickets, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavericks were able to come out early and fast that they uh, they caved again. What does concern me is if things get chippy and you see more of like what you saw in Whiteside, and they start playing, you know, they start kind of acting out. Well, there's a lot of that in Game Five. I'm sorry, Game Four in Utah. Just a lot of like stray elbows just happening to catch people. Like that. I'm I'm a little like Royce O'Neal. Some of the things he's done on the floor this game. I'm not sure how this haven't even like like measured up for for a fine or something because some of the like the unnecessary additional contact. Uh, it, it's 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 a little. You know, I'm seeing this through my Mavericks fan glasses. I'm trying not to be like that, but it's just it's it's a little concerning. The the, the extra physicality, you don't want to lose a guy because of something that the rest didn't manage control of the game. Well, I do know yeah. that, that the that the Mavs and Stadi, I think you you know this too, uh, did send clips from Game Two to the league, uh, not for them to get fined, not for O'Neal to get fined, but just to let the refs, you know, just to get on the refs' radar. And obviously, you saw it when it, when it, when something similar happened tonight to Luca. Uh, they reviewed it, but it was also called an offensive foul when 
in game two, they let all three of those instances go without any calls. Yeah, no, up. they weren't even upgraded. To, I thought at the very least you're going to see something upgraded to a flagrant and just nothing. And there was not even a league announcement. It was just, you know, not, no one, you know, there was just silence until, you know, you get to tip off and like, OK, I guess the, I guess those fouls were not were not uh, were not changed in, in any way. But actually, you brought up Wade. I, I didn't get it. I really wanted it. I didn't get anywhere near him. I wanted to you know we had Wade and Nowitzki sitting on opposite baselines. As far as I know, there were no uh, there was no interactions between the two old pals. Well, there there was interaction uh, in game three, from what I understand. In hmm. uh, in, in Utah. Yes. Yeah. Well, in Utah, in Utah, you know, Dirk was just a, a visiting spectator, so I'm sure he. He had nowhere to go, but in this case, I, I don't. Uh, I didn't. But now they, I guess they could have run into each other in the back somewhere. But I. Uh, Dirk had the uh, worst seat in the house. He couldn't see anything because the Mavs all stand up right in front of him. <laughs> he's, he's he's done with the standing up and down portion of his life repeatedly throughout uh, throughout a basketball game. I don't blame him. But there were a lot of celebrities. We had Troy Aikman. We had uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. Uh, Michael Irvin was amongst the crowd. Mark Stein. So it was a it was a very A list crowd. Ah, <laughs> uh, Brian, please, if you'd like to hang out, feel free to. I'm going to bring up a couple more folks who had right. questions or comments. Everybody, uh, take that with you is now free. Make sure follow and I are doing it after every game. A uh, bunch of great mass podcasts, but check us. Wait, out. wait, wait! Time out! Time out! Time out! So you did mass pre and post. You did a. You did something with Followell already, and now you're in this I'm room. I'm hearing he's media's Doria, Dorian Finney-Smith is what I'm hearing. Yes, I, I did the ticket after Bally Post, and we're doing Take That <laughs> With You in the morning. Uh, I'm doing that podcast after. Okay, that. so yeah, so you and Followell have not recorded yet. No, we're recording that Ooh. in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that make, you that guys, make... um, uh, we could watch that live, right, through the Twitch stream, or is that not the case? Yes. Live at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Okay, yeah, I, I watched that last. I, I listened to it. I don't know how people watch video and work, but I listened to it last week and it was great. Live on the Twitch stream. Yeah, I know. Un- I know. Unbelievable. You know what Twitch is, Tiny? I do. I actually <laughs> well, do. I've never used it or watched it, but I do know what well, it is. Well, the, the Mavs have put such like the studio is so cool looking, and the production value and all this stuff is great. So I really do recommend everybody who just needs even more Mavs content directly into their ears or eyes. So thank you thank for joining you. us, sir. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Okay, um, let's go with Eddie. Hey, Eddie. Eddie, there we go. Hit that unmute button one more time. See if it'll let you talk. Eddie's been in the chat for a while. Um, all right, Eddie, if you're able to uh, rejoin here and we'll see what the thing is. Um, what about now, Eddie? There we go. Yeah. How are you doing today? Well, I'm, I'm tired, but hey, we're still cooking. What's up? Big fan of the pod. Um, I just want to say Lucas was on another level today. I mean, he just controlled the game from like the start. It seemed like the first four possessions he he seemed to do something on every play whether it was rebound get an assist get a point um and then that third quarter was something else too because he hit a level um that like just very few players can do sometimes and it's just really special to watch what he's able to do with the ball not only like the passing to like dorian 
But um, just the way he's able to just run that offense in ways that, like, some other superstars have a hard time doing, and he's just 23 years old. Like, it's just nuts that we're watching this again. And, like, the Jazz are are having a really hard time stopping him or slowing him down. And even Jalen, because they both shot, like, I think it was, like, really close to 50%. Or, like, in the 40s. Um, But it's just been awesome to watch these guys just work together and get it figured out. And then, like, the whole Jalen thing, too. We've always kind of seen him, whenever Luka's been out, be able to do things where he's running the offense and kind of ways like Luka. Um, but in his own way, too, where he's able to still get his shot in the mid-range. And I think that's where we kind of see Luca and Jalen's practice, practicing together all the time, just kind sure. of play where they're learning from each other and just and just getting better together. And so it's been really cool to watch those guys those these last four years now. And um, it's just good to see Jalen get to that level because I I always knew that he had the potential to be a really good second star uh, on a team, but the the few games where he was just like, and I I checked, I think in game three, he was averaging like 32 and a half points. (laughs) Yeah. He had 96 points in his first three playoff starts. Yeah. I did not see Jalen being a 30 point per guy. Uh, Well, what the Mavericks are, the group that they have right now, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie and then to to a degree, um, Reggie Bullock aside, are an argument for team cohesion over time. Now, the Jazz are almost the mirror image of that in the sense of maybe they should have blown it up earlier because they've run it back too many times. But, you know, it's fun. I I will tell you, when I, Josh and I, Josh Bow and I, my, my podcast partner, started, you know, we've been doing this for three years. We started off the beginning of the season. And we were so mad after, like, the first 15 games because the Mavericks were sludge to watch. And even though they were winning, they weren't – like, the numbers were bad. Like, they, their Pythagorean theorem, like, wins against expectations. They should have lost more games based on the, how badly they were getting blown out. But I, one thing I kept saying, and I am – you guys have dealt with me for years. I'm a pessimist. But I kept saying, like, you want to finish strong. And where the Mavericks have come into the playoffs is a place where they're playing really well at the right time, and that cannot be understated. 100%. I mean, and then the defense is just, like, on another level. Like, to see 77 points in 2022 is just nuts. And I was looking at the uh, the quarter stats. I mean, the Jazz in the first quarter, 18 points. In the second quarter, 18 points. And in the third, 19. And that was their best quarter. Uh, I mean, the defense was not only just uh, swarming the ball and just getting stops and even the offensive rebounding, like they had a possession where they got like two offensive rebounds and one of them was Jalen's. And I think it was Dorian that hit a three off of it. Um, but like the defense and the consistency with the way that they're working together and talking. And uh, I mean, I've seen some of like Luca being mic'd up and talking to the guys. I mean, they're just always chatting and it, it really helps them because besides Dorian and Maxi, it's, they're not very great one-on-one guys, but they do a really good job of helping each other and covering each other and getting to the to the next man, whoever's getting beat, mm. the next guy. And it's just 
it reminds me of kind of the way I play 2K because I'm always looking to see <laughs> if I get beat, I got to find the other guy because somebody's going to come help me and I'll, I got to go cover him now. That's right. Well, thank you, Eddie. Appreciate these comments. Yep. Thank you guys for having me. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Talk soon. All right. Uh, we got a couple more people. Hey, Josh. What's up, dude? Hit that unmute button. There we go. Hey. Welcome. What's up? Well, I just wanted to use your public forum uh, to apologize and say that I'm ashamed that I was one of those guys that was uh, trying to sell off Brunson early in the season. Uh, I have, like, two years of tweets and <laughs> wanting to send him to Mars. So, hey, you know, uh, the, the, the point of the, – it's all about growth, Josh. We're okay. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so impressed with him uh, at the end of the season. And then to start this postseason, the the growth he's shown as a leader, he's a scorer. He's so even keeled. He is definitely a star. Like, I don't see how this organization doesn't pay him and try to keep him in a, in a Mavs jersey as long as possible. Yeah. Um, but another thing is, I don't know what it is about this jazz team uh, that just want to run Jalen Brunson over, but uh, he, the Royce O'Neal one before, and now uh, Whiteside ran him over twice. I cover the team. I'm a photographer and I have so many photos of Jalen Brunson just getting demolished from behind every single time. It's so the, weird. The behind stuff bothers me. And you know, like what Brian said when he came up here, like the league, like the league, Luca got the one and Luca's obviously a much like bigger target and he tends to fall. Like he's a professional wrestler sometimes. So, but yeah, it's, it's a little uncomfortable watching that sort of stuff. It's like, you don't want to see the dude just get nailed. Just 20 photos of whiplash that I have to edit through and uh, for tomorrow morning. So it's, it's really bad. And then I'm wondering why the league hasn't really done anything. If they need more photos, I've got plenty of them. <laughs> well, thank you, Josh. You got anything else for us? Uh, no, I think that, I think that's it for me for tonight. Appreciate Thanks, you, buddy. Kurt. Talk soon. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, then last but not least, we have Greg. Greg, you're a good man for waiting this long. What's up? Now the question is, is Greg's audio going to work? That's the real rub. I see you down there, Greg. Greg might have fallen asleep. We have a couple listeners who I love to pieces who have fallen asleep on these chats before and then send me emails the next morning. Mark, it's almost 2 o'clock in the morning. I got editing to do. Anything, uh, any parting words for us? Thank you so, so much for hanging out tonight. Well, I guess it's Kirk talking to myself now. This is uh, the best audio of anybody's evening. Um, I'm assuming uh, Mr. Stein had something else to take care of um, and is probably working on something else. You guys all go and subscribe to Mark Substack. It's incredible. Um, and it is one of, you know, I, I, I pay for more journalism than I used to, but it's you should pay for good work. Um Guys, it's been Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball, Mark Stein of his Substack, uh, doing a little uh, Mavs party here. Mark is a great journalist, whereas I am just a fan. We've had a great time. Appreciate all of your, uh, uh, you know, all of your supporting here. Go, uh, please subscribe and listen to Mavs Moneyball's podcast feed. I have, I'm doing an interview tomorrow with Wazni Lambre, Big Waz of The Ringer. Um, we're going to talk uh, Utah and Mavericks and that sort of stuff. Everybody have a great evening and we will talk soon see you guys after game six everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why 
What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.